Hey! This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. What's up, everybody? JJ and Alex, 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. JJ, I've upped my clothing game since you got in the studio. I've decided to wear collared shirts more often. I've decided... Now, let me rephrase that. I've decided to wear pants and shirts more often. Do I look comfortable to you? <laughs> Why would you do that? I you have a free pass. You could. I know. I could go hoodies every day, man. You could come in here with a unwashed T-shirt and torn jeans and nobody would say anything. They'd go, oh, it's the sports guys. You could. Guys. It's the sports guys, man. Even go all sweats. Okay. <laughs> like, you could go casual and get away with it. All sweats. Don't don't now, follow listen. my example and wear a suit to work every day. I'm on the don't kick. I'm on the kick right now. But if I get my hands on a Dunkin's <laughs> uh, outfit, if one of those Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin's, uh, you know, Sweatsuits that went up for sale and are already sold out, and people are clamoring for them. The people want the Dunkin' Donuts uh, warm-up tracksuits. I didn't see. How much are those? I didn't either. Oh, it didn't tell you? Well, it just said sold out on a report that so I saw. So it was actually available for sale. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on their website. And it's like sold out, sold out. Of course. By the way, Dunkin' Donuts, they don't even exist in this state anymore. Because as JJ put it, the donuts are nowhere near the quality of like Banbury Cross, for example. No. But I like the- That was the, a masterpiece <laughs> of dog <laughs> The reason they kind of went out, we require a little bit more when it so comes to the donuts. So they're only selling them for $60. Dude! But they are sold out. What J- are we eBay doing? Time. <laughs> what are we- do? Yeah, eBay, 120 bro. Lucky. So the uh, uh, there is a story here. So they uh, sold out. They did post them, and <laughs> they sold out in minutes. Of course they did. Who knew about it? Like, come on. And Who's we'll, on a- now will they make more track suits? That's what I want to know. All right. So, so the, the tra- jacket's 60, the pants are 60. So 120 total for the Dude, whole outfit. That's a steal, a still here in the state of Utah. That is quite a deal. I am all over it. I'm going to get those. But alas, they are sold out currently. I'll let you know, state of Utah, when, we, uh, when they get back on track. You'll probably have to get a big chain to go with it, too. Uh, I did a little Googling. <laughs> J- JJ did some Googling. We found the the, uh, the suit. 60 bucks for the top. And I might just go jeans, like a nice pair of jeans, and then just the top. You know what I mean? I like that. That's kind of a business cash yeah, it's these like, days. Yeah, you don't, you're not going all in on the whole suit, yeah. just right. just the top. I'll wear it to my Zoom meetings. That's, that's my standard. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can get away with a lot of those They're Zoom all, meetings. What do you... I'm all, just be happy I have clothing yeah, on. Yeah, please tell me you got something on in the Come bottom. On. All right. We're going to kick out the program. JJ, you ready for this, man? We got Let's tons, do it. We got tons to get into. Let the fun begin. It's not pretty at the beginning here. Uh, jazz game last night was not pretty. But Oof. here we are, and we're talking about it. We knew there was going to be some growing pains with, uh, with this group. We thought maybe that they had figured some stuff out over the weekend and just immediately got to it. Our show is brought to you by... G2G bars, all natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G bar is the perfect protein snack. They're in the refrigerated section at Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick, Associated Foods, and other places in the refrigerated section, like I said, because there's no preservative situation. So there you go. They are a local company. Got to support them. 
Let's get to the the cut right here. Talk about that that dog of a game last night against the Warriors. Let's get, let's do it. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Also, Trajan Wealth brings you this portion of the program. T-R-A-J-A-N Wealth.com for your local trusted financial fiduciaries. TrajanWealth.com. All right. Not a good one last night, JJ. Uh, it was you, a dog. You set, the, you set the wins for this week. You said that the Jazz needed to go three and zero. I'm not sure. I what am they, an idiot. <laughs> I'm not sure what they needed to go three and zero for. I'll I guess tell you what. It's a great goal. It's a great goal to have. Well, let's talk about goals. Okay. What's your goal for this team now, post trade deadline? I think that it's going to take a minute, and obviously now I have the the hindsight now of last night's game to go. I think it's going to take a few minutes for this group to kind of. Oh, I hate this word, gel a little <laughs> bit. I hate that. <laughs> Oh, they're gelling. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't pretend to, to know that. Like, if they would have won by fifteen last night, we'd be looking at. We would have not been surprised, right? It was worse than the Suns game. I thought it would be better. They were worse. I, I did. I thought the same thing. I'm like, they're at home. They got this whole thing going on. A whole now, weekend of practice. You tell me, because the funeral for their assistant coach in Serbia. Yes. Coach Kerr is there, and they have an interim sitting in for the night kind of a fill-in head coach for the night. Is there a little bit of juice that comes from that? Like, hey. Were you watching the game at any moment last night? I mean, man, this 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 team's playing like this because of the head coach. They're inspired. No. No. No, no it was it was the lack of. It was just the Jazz aren't very good right it now. It was the lack of the team getting together. Well, so tell me what the, did you like the, I mean, we saw the 20-ish minutes for Taylor Hendricks. We right. saw, he got it. It was not very good. Um, But there were a lot of, there were. I mean, Larry Markinen had a rough night, dude. Like, it was not a good night for the Utah Stars. I think he's kind of down right now. And based on reports coming out of the locker room last night, the locker room felt really down. Yeah. Why are they down? Well, because changes happened. And I think along with that, the message was sent from the front office that we made a decision that this group as is wasn't good enough, and we're going to try to figure out who we are moving forward. And when you're a player that's a veteran player, let's say like a Chris Dunn. Look, I'm not. I'm. I don't know. I'm. That's hypothetical. Just saying that if you're a player of that of that's that's fought and had to claw and scratch, and you're mm-hmm. a veteran player that's played a long time, you're trying to make the playoffs. You're trying to improve your stock in the league. You're trying to earn a starting spot, and you had a starting spot, and then all of a sudden the trade deadline happens. They trade three rotation players, and now you're not starting anymore. That's it's. I rough. have no idea how Chris Dunn's handling. It. I didn't talk to him. I, that's I'm. I, this is an observation. I'm not saying Chris Dunn has any issue with this or doesn't understand it. I'm saying if you are human, if as a human being, how would you feel in that situation? If you were a veteran teammate who also wants to make the playoffs and who was also working hard trying to win games and wants to win, how do you feel about the decisions that were made recently? It's probably hard, right? You don't have to love it. I think. Two things are true. Number one, the Jazz did the right thing of the trade, trade deadline by turning players that were going to expire as contracts and get picks. They accomplished that. But if you're the player on the other side, it's also okay and understandable to be upset about that. Both are not wrong, right? right? So yeah, absolutely. if you're trying to That's win, the decisions that have been made are not helping you win. Now, your job now is to overcome that and still go out there and play your best, and this team didn't. Now, 
It also could be just a, a situation where they're not getting the same amount of production from the guys that got those minutes that used to be filled by the guys that are no longer here. I think you miss a Kelly Olynyk. Now, does was Kelly Olynyk or Simone Fontecchio or Ochai Abaji, would they have been the difference last night? No. But in your mind, if you're, if you're playing in that locker room and, and that's kind of where you're at, you're, you're, you lose what you need to bring on a nightly basis when you feel like you don't have a chance. And when you don't have a chance, you play like you did last night. Or it's just a matter of math. It's simple math. When you have less efficient players, even though they might be more talented and have a greater ceiling, when you plug in less efficient players, you're not going to be able to compete at the same level you were a week ago. Right? Yeah. That's what happened. And it's going to continue to happen for the rest of the season. Because the Jazz didn't get better at the trade deadline. Now, I don't think they got terribly bad. I don't think it's a massive difference. And as these young players get more minutes coming forward, their efficiency might increase and the Jazz might get back to where they were. But for right now, in the short term, they took a, they, they took a back seat. They've, they've gone backwards a little bit, and they're going to lose some games. Yeah. They sold. They were selling at the, yes. at the trade deadline. And that sale is not going to make the – I mean, I think in our hearts we tell ourselves, oh, yeah, I mean, you know what? Now this group can really focus. Let's see how these guys <clears throat> gel. Right? And so then we go this direction of – and we start to tell ourselves what you told me yesterday. Oh, yeah, look, they figured some things out in Phoenix. It wasn't an awful game. They came back. They, they, uh, they're coming back to solid, coming back home. They got three games at home. Uh, ben Anderson said something today on their Jazz Notes uh, podcast that he and Chandler Holt do that I, that, that I heard, and I went, oh, that's actually probably exactly right. It's hard. The reason I think players can get down in a situation like this, if you're a guy like – because guys like Talon Horton Tucker, I don't think he go. He, do you think THT is like down in the dumps right now? Nah, he's getting he got his he got his minutes back in the rotation. I know he's getting more minutes with than he mixed results. <laughs> but like he looks at it and goes, "Boy, I had a nice game last night." He had more points. Didn't he have more? In my mind, he scored more than he usually does. But he hadn't been playing at all. So right. Yeah. He 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 did register some more points. But here's all, what, they also that moment at the end of the third quarter that wasn't pretty. No, and that's part of the issue with THT, right? Is the turnover, the turnover problem, the the inefficient play. Yes. The Jazz are – here's what Ben said today in their uh, podcast. You, by the way, you can go back and you can listen to the Jazz Notes podcast. You can download that on uh, kslsports.com. There's a podcast uh, button right there, but you can also sit down and uh, and you can stream it for yourself and listen wherever you get podcasts. So here's what he said. Here's what Ben said. Uh, the Jazz, realistically, it's a one-to-two-week one two results in – no, no, it was right here. The Jazz are competing for the 12th, 11th, 10th, or 9th seeds. And he said that's realistically what's actually on the table for the yeah. Jazz. Which what we talk, which is what we talked about last week. We go, okay, let's say some changes get made. That's why this week was important because you're playing two teams in that range. And if you're trying to leapfrog right. them, you need to beat them. But what, what are you trying to leapfrog for? For ninth. So this is where. Probably your ceiling is ninth at this sure. point for the Utah Jazz. Are you absolutely out of your mind pissed if the Jazz end up the 11th seed instead of the 10? The players might be Look. because they were this close to being in that to being in a plan. If they are the 12 seed versus the 9 seed, because what does that mean? By the way, if they're the 9 seed, 
they're handing their they're handing a pick over to to Oklahoma City, right? Correct. So, you, by the way, you don't want that. <laughs> so, I don't think you Some do. Some say you do because they want to convey that pick, so it's out of the way. You don't have to worry about it moving forward. Nah, I don't like that. If they are the twelfth or eleventh best team in the West, are you going to absolutely melt down and go? I can't believe the the sky's falling. We're out. We're over this thing. Isn't this doesn't a twelfth or eleventh seed look more along the lines of what this team is going to be going forward if they're going if they are indeed in a rebuild? By the way, which is what we were supposed to be, which is what we were told that they were in, and they actually are in one. We no, fooled no ourselves into thinking that they weren't at some point. No, and we will on a game to game basis almost convince ourselves that they are not in a rebuild. But JJ, they are in a freaking rebuild, and you know it. I think the front office obviously knows it. And the players are probably down now because they're like, oh, yeah, and we actually do know it now, too. Yeah, the reality sets into what's going on here. Now, where do the Jazz want to finish? That's a great question. I don't know if Justin Zanuck has been asked this recently. He had a press conference on Saturday, which is great. Um, he answered a lot of questions, and he was real about the situation. I don't know where the Jazz stand and whether they want to convey that pick this year or not. I don't know what their philosophy is in the front office with that. But let's say, for instance, you miss the play-in, but you end up having to convey the pick. Are you happy with that? Because currently that's what they would do. Yeah. Even at 11 in the West, missing the play-in situation, you still convey the pick because it's top 10 protected. Right. To get to the top, the bottom 10 or the top 10 of the draft, sure. they need to finish 12th in the West right now. Okay, so what do you prefer? I want to keep the pick. Because then, if you're truly rebuilding, you again, want you, you want more shots at the draft. You want a lottery pick this year, even though the draft's not great. You just try to add more talent. And so, based on the picks they got at the deadline, if they're able to keep that pick, which would probably be, what, probably about 10, right? Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. just like last year, not a lot different. It's funny how these two seasons have been very similar, even though they've been different, right? Well, what did the Jazz end up last year? They ended up 12th. Right. 37 with and 40 ninth, with the ninth overall pick 37 and 45 yes i just mean in terms of where they ended up exactly in the West, right exactly and, and they would be tracking guess what they were record. two and a half games out of the 10th spot right they were just behind the mavericks by the way and they're currently teams. a game and a half out of the 10th spot right now same okay. deal that's with all of the oh man this team is actually really amazing feelings that we had last year same exact position right now that they're in they are tracking to make the exact same type of a move this is where that team is what happened this last is, year though remember the trade deadline last year mike conley got traded gone. and it was like pfft, now the team was garbage right and you know what they lost eight out of their last 10 too they did. right they were not good that the feel good stuff last year was pre-all-star that was <laughs> It was over at once. Obviously, the deadline happened before the All Star break. But right. after the All Star break was here in Salt Lake City, we had our party. Like nobody cared anymore, right? Because everybody knew what that was about. Okay. So again, you might have a stilted view as to what the like historically what this team last year was doing. Yeah. Were they really trending up? The answer was no. In they, November and December. Exactly. And what happened this year? They were trending up in January, January, February a little yeah. bit, right? And yep. so then you go, oh, man, I think something's happening here. But you're going to get about the same result. And what, what are you doing? You're biding your time for the best team possible. You have some pieces right now that are part, I think, of that. There are some guys 
who are not going to be a part of that trip on the bus. And those guys are going to end up not being a part of the conversation at some point. And the Jazz are going to make some big moves in the future that are going to change the the trajectory of the team. It is not 2023-2024. It is not 2024-2025 likely. Isn't that sad? And Alex, you're right, and that's for the best. I get that. But to quote Carl Malone, lose and suck. <laughs> this isn't fun. No, it is not. Because every year you're going into it knowing that, yeah, it's just biding our time until they can get the stars, but the stars aren't available and they're not picking high enough in the draft. Right. And there's not, you know, are they, were they going to try to stink next year too so they can get a shot at Cooper Flag? And then look what the Spurs are doing this year. I mean, Victor Wimbanyama had an unbelievable night last night. He had a uh, triple-double with blocks, 10 blocks. Oof. He was awesome last night. My heavens. But do you know where they're at in the standings? They've won 11 games this year hey with now. Victor Wimbanyama. They won the lottery and got the generational player. Yeah. They've got Victor Wimbanyama. They're going to win more championships, just like they did with Tim Duncan and David Robinson. They've won 11 games this season. That shows you how good the NBA is, right? Like, the, the competition yes. doesn't care how good your one pick is. It doesn't. It's not going to matter. It's not going to be an overnight fix. So the Jazz don't even have that. So how do they get there? It's painful. It's painful. It requires patience. And fans, do you have the patience? Listening right now. Now that you're two years, almost two, full two years into a rebuild, mm-hmm. How are you stomaching this? Are you losing patience? Are you losing interest? Because that's the biggest problem the Jazz have with the community as far as the the fans. Are the fans going to lose interest and lose touch with this team knowing that this all this is temporary? They're just biding their time until they can get the right guys to be competitive again. How many guys on this roster are those guys? So, I believe they are, but with the way they're handling this, it lends you to believe otherwise. Let's go back to the thing that was just kind of mentioned uh, quickly, but I think it's a it's a big deal. So uh, Ben and Chandler actually talked about this too. That the reports coming out of the locker room is that they aren't they're upset about a rebuild. What exactly did they think they were a part of? I get it. Every team goes out there. Not not one person says let's go out and lose as many games as we can. Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck aren't even saying that, right? Now, the thing is, is that... Danny Ainge said before the season that the playoffs were the goal. Of course. In response to Lowry saying he wants to be in the playoffs. Not just being in the playoffs, winning a playoff series. Like, that's what we're trying to do here in the state of Utah. But that's always the goal, by the way. It's to win multiple playoff series. Be honest with yourself if the team is at that level. Even if Lowry is mad about the idea of rebuilding, the Jazz have reinvented his career with a lot of help from him, obviously. Yeah. But they gave him the platform. He's become an all-star. He's become a top 20 guy in the league. He's become a guy who teams kind of fear. They're like, this guy will change the game for this Jazz team. He can win a game by himself. You throw him and Jordan Clarkson on the court, they can win a lot of games. Yeah. And they do. But if he's upset and everybody starts to go, are we taking – oh, man, are you, are you taking care of him? Yes, the way you take care of him is you tell him – and by the way, how many how many years has he been in the league? What was what draft was he in? Sixteen or seventeen? Lowry Market has been. Six was he or drafted, seven years. He was drafted in the in the in in the I think the seventeen draft. 
And was he the number yeah, three? The two th- uh, yes. Three overall pick, right? Number three overall pick? No, 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 no. Further down. Round round one, pick seven in but, the 2017 yeah. draft by the Timberwolves and then traded, right. obviously. Lottery to the guy, though, and obviously underperformed compared to where he was until last year. Correct. Until a franchise got a hold of him. And so when Lowry's mad about losing, every one of these guys are. You can't convince a good player on a team to be patient. There's no version of that. Not one of these guys wants to, quote-unquote, be patient. That's the job for the fans. That's the job for the front office. That's not the job for Will Hardy and these players. So don't ever ask them if they're going to be happy about them losing. They never will be. They don't care. The word rebuild does not hit their lips, okay, unless they're talking about it behind closed doors and being pissed about it. So – these players will never be satisfied with a quote-unquote rebuild. They will be when it's rebuilt and they're good again. That's it. Like, I'm starting to buy into these things. I am getting a longer-term view. Maybe it's getting old in my age, JJ, but I've got a different perspective on how things are being done in the front office of the Utah Jazz. I am buying into a rebuild. I'm not pissed that they're losing. I like effort. And that's not something you saw a lot of last night. That was the problem, I think. There was some lack of effort in some of these yeah. cases. The third quarter, I thought... They played hard. They didn't play well. It was just, I don't know... I don't know if they're into it right now because they're being told how bad they're going to end up being. But I would prefer them to be the 12 seed. That's just my thought. That doesn't mean I want them Do to Do you want to keep the pick this year? Yes. Keep it. Why not? Add it to all the other stuff that they might end up getting. Convey the pick. I hate that term. It's like teams gelling. They're gelling so that they can convey the pick. Get out of here. Anyway, I don't know. Am I off? Is that a, is that a, I don't know. Is that a dumb take? I'm, I don't know. I've been told to buy I, in on the rebuild. I've been told to buy in on this team not being good for another couple seasons. I understand it. I get it. They're doing the right thing. I just wonder how long fans can be on board. What's the message you're sending to fans? And that's the, that's the biggest challenge, I think, for the front office and Ryan Smith is you're doing the right thing. I think they've made tremendous moves because they were never going to be close to winning a championship with right. the previous group. And this group is currently constructed as not even a playoff yeah. team. So they have to continue to try to add talent to the roster okay. because we all know who's going to win the NBA championship? Probably the best player in the league, right? That's just how it works. Okay, but Top five at, at a minimum. But that's the thing is like what's what's the best version of this team then? When are the when you go oh yeah but are the fans patient enough? I'll tell you they they will be. Are the fans going to be okay with the rebuild? It's like it doesn't matter because as long as the team's entertaining and they feel like they're playing hard, I think yeah. they can. And guess what? When they turn a corner and become the Sacramento Kings of last year and frankly this year a little bit, if they become the uh. You know, I'm not going to say the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because That's they, a different deal. That's right. what you're looking for. Is that that turnaround when right. you've still got all the picks and you got the young talent and you've still got an MVP candidate on your right. team who no one saw coming. Were they were they excited? L- listen, were the quote unquote were the fans quote unquote excited in Oklahoma City the last three years? No, but you know what? The payoff is right now when there's 16 games or 17 games above or 18 games above 500, whatever it is right now. Unless they're just this year's Kings. That could also be an option, but you know what else they are? They're set up for the future. 
They are absolutely set up. No question. And you know what they don't have is a superstar that is going to get hit with some pictures on social media of him carrying a gun. Because that was the Grizzlies' meal ticket, and it has been derailed for the moment. No question. So I think that they, I think that the Jazz should look at, this, at the Thunder and go, that's where we want to be. They don't look at Minnesota and go, that's where we want to be, because Minnesota's like clawing and scratching to stay in that window. Minnesota is what the Jazz were yes. three years ago. They're clawing and scratching, and they're pretty Fighting darn good. Fighting for a one seed, probably have no chance of winning a title with that group. Might get it, might get to the Western Conference semis and then get upset by somebody. Well, who, let, let's be honest. Who are the best teams in the West? Who do we honestly believe are the best teams in the West? Nuggets, Clippers. Yeah. No, the, the, the Timberwolves beat the Clippers last night pretty good in L.A. That doesn't Whoop-dee convince do. me that that's going to happen over nope. a seven-game series. Nope. Yeah, it's still the Nuggets. Still, they, uh, the, still nuggets, the Nuggets, by far. The Clippers after that. Maybe Minnesota. I can't see it for Minnesota. I can't see it for the Thunder yet. <laughs> I want to – listen. Yeesh. You still have the Lakers – what happened last stop. year? What were the, gonna, the Lakers were the seventh seed last year. They stop. got to the conference finals. Stop. They're still there. This is the Lakers suck yesterday. They suck again today. Let's hope. What was the Miami Heat seed last year? They Let's made hope. it to the finals. What was their seed? Uh, they were the eight seed. That's correct. Ooh. Guess where they're at right now? Are they in the eight spot they again? They are, yes. <laughs> JJ, why do you do this to that's me? The, that's the sweet spot All of right. Miami, the eight seed. Right. We got ahead of ourselves. We're doing the nerdy stuff where we're getting into – Conveying picks and JJ convincing Sorry. me. I won't say convey for the rest of the show. No conveying and no gelling. I want none of that talk. I want none of those cliches. All right, we'll uh, take the break here. We'll come back. Ooh, the Mavericks could make some noise at that eight spot, though, right? They get to that seven or eight. They have two of the best players in the world. Yes. The Pelicans, I think, are fake. The Suns could do anything they want at some uh, point. The Pelicans I think, are pretty darn good. I don't like them. I'm like not them. sure I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm on the KD train. I think that if that guy gets in, that's a as dangerous a six, team as well. If they get as a six seed, they will. The Suns are better than the Timberwolves and the Thunder. In a seven-game series, the Suns win. I agree. All right, KD'd be the best player on the floor. We'll take a break. Jeremy wants us to take a break. Uh, I don't know why we're only five or six minutes over time. We'll uh, come back. We've got tons more to jump into. We have so much fun stuff to chat with you about today. Not the least of which is you're going to be able to hear the Dunkings commercial. Okay, our gift to you. And the good thing is, is we're not taking any payment because there's no freaking Dunkin' Donuts within a thousand miles of here. But I want the sweatsuit. We'll come back. More to go on JJ and Alex, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Jeremy, I want to listen to that. Uh, I want to listen to that that Justin Zanuck sound again. I know I'm putting you on the spot here on the fly. I just wanted people to hear it again because for that jazz update, it's exactly what we were just talking about, right? Like the the idea of just being like, you should have made some moves during the trade deadline. And then everyone goes, okay, draw it up for me. What moves are Get K- uh, get KD. Dan, why did you get Luke at the deadline? 
Andy's a bum. This is I'm your... sick of paying for these guys, watching these players that yeah, injured no. half the time. Why did we get Luca? So, Come on, Zidic. So Brian Regan is a big Utah Jazz <laughs> Brian, fan. <laughs> Brian Regan. Hey, what's going on with this team? Hey. <laughs> Hey, what you doing there? Here's what Just, <laughs> hey, Justin Zedek, what are you doing the Thursday? Well, listen to his explanation because, you know, you can't buy something that's not for sale. Uh, and I'm just telling you, nothing was really available, and that's what they basically had to say. Yes, they're going to build, but they got to make sure that they do it at the right time, not just for the sake of spending picks or spending money. Here is what he said. Players that we can add to our core that meaningfully move the needle in terms of our level of competitiveness and our ability to compete in a deep West for a long time. All of you guys follow the NBA. You guys have seen the meme. There have been zero days since drama in the NBA. Like, you want to make predictions about who's available, who's not. We are a team that is always going to be positioned where we are in this stage of our build to jump on that no matter what. But we're not going to do it just so people feel better for a year or two. That's a shot across the bow at the Timberwolves, right? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Look, but- yeah, there's different ways of doing it. In the Jazz, Danny Ainge in particular, I think he brings this to the organization when he joined, understands the best way to do it here. He's done it in different ways. Okay. So what did he do initially with the Celtics when he took over and became their general manager? How did he build a championship team in Boston? Dumped everything. He, well, he <laughs> took some really good young players yes. and moved them for a veterans. Right. right. So he and, acquired Ray Allen. He already had Paul Pierce, but they, right. were, they were good. But they had some young guys like um, Uncle Jeff, Jeff Green. <laughs> who, believe this or not, Jeff Green used to be young a long time ago. Back seven teams yeah. ago when he played for the Utah Jazz. Uncle Jeff's still in the league, by the way. <laughs> um, last... Uh, no, him and uh, KD are the last so- Supersonics. Right. In the yes. And we sorry, back on task here, Jeremiah. Here we go. <laughs> so Danny Ainge me of that. Yes. made some blockbuster deals to acquire Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett to pair him with pair them right. with Paul Pierce. And guess what? And then you had a young player like Rajon Rondo who was ready to run the point. Right. You had some nice pieces. You build a champion. So then what did he do after that? Had to dump everybody, and, and that's because you've cre- you created one of a couple ways. Uh, what was of, the window for the KG, there? Ray Allen, Paul Pierce? Short, Celtics. two or three seasons. Exactly. And that's what we – but see, again, that is a philosophy that, by the way, Danny Danny Ainge has done. But he saw opportunities for those things, right? Yeah. If they knew that they could build a team right now or if something presented themselves – something presented itself in the offseason and they go, dude, we could win a championship with this roster, you go, do you think Justin Zanuck and, and Danny Ainge are going to go, no, 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 let's stick to it. Let's build something for the long term in the future. It's like, yeah, but we could do that, but we could also win next year. So there are philosophies there, and Danny Ainge has done both, right? Because then what did he do? He dumps all those guys, and then what did he start to build? A A young team. A young, long term Eastern Conference. And what are you uh, watching right now? Right now, Brown. You're you're in the middle of it. Jason Tatum. Yes. Yes. A number of other guys. Look, he's been away from that organization for three years now. But you're seeing the results of his labor. Right. Is that young core that they drafted with the picks they got from the trades of those veteran players that led them to a championship, he then flipped it and turned that into a contender, a team that's been to the NBA Finals. Is, and look, this year, it could be the Celtics' year with those guys. But that's how it's done. 
You do it one one of two ways, I think, in the league now. Because free agency is not going to do it. Name one team that didn't get LeBron James that was able to get a championship through free agency. Name them. Yeah, the one only- of these super teams, other than one with LeBron James on it. Right. I mean, the Warriors got KD, so I guess you could say that. But what was the heart and soul of that team? That was that was organic. You drafted Steph. You drafted Clay. You drafted Draymond Green in the second round. Steph wasn't even a star player for no. the first four years no. of his career. What a Davidson. He had an ankle around? issue. <laughs> it took him a while to develop yeah. into that. Yeah. You look at his minutes and his games played, it's not even close. Like, you know, oh, Clay Thompson, he's out of Wazoo, right? He's going to be killer. It was a couple weeks ago. We went over the all-time NBA scoring list, and Steph's in the 30s. Right. So you, you can build in different ways, but the way you build today, the free agency thing is just not how it's going to do. You're not going to go out like the Knicks tried to do for 20 years and be like, we're going to get our money, and then we're going to go out and we're going to get every free agent because we're New York. It didn't work. So yeah. what's New York doing now? They're doing it the right way. They're building through the draft. They're acquiring picks. So Danny Ainge has identified the way it's going to work best for Utah, and it is the same way he did it with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is build organically through the draft. And then when there's trades to be made, you have the assets and you pounce. But those opportunities aren't there yet. Hey, yo, by the way. got to be patient. By the way, we freaking buried the lead here, dude. You got to get on me for that. You're the TV guy. It's all about headlines for you. Bryce sense about two minutes last night. Hey, man. That was a, uh, an egregious error on my part. I'm sorry. <laughs> we I am an idiot. <laughs> we, were <laughs> we were wondering if we were going to see Bryce Sensabaugh. Got him last you night. You did. You saw him for two minutes. Now, I think that he will develop into something. I don't know what that is. It's obvious that Taylor Hendricks is the guy that they feel like they are really going to be able to make something special with. And I'm excited about it. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh, also a first-round draft pick. You cannot just cast that aside, especially – for a young kid who's uh, been, you know, saddled with injuries basically the entire time since the draft, right? Right. So, Jazz fans, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to go. Ne- this is all positive. This is all going in the right direction. Yes. I do. I just don't want you to forget that last year and this year are basically the same outcome of a team. They were a 12th seed team last year at the end of the season. They aren't they aren't that bad right now. I but I think that the twelfth seed is probably where they should end up. And so don't look at it like the sky's falling and that they went they became the Detroit Pistons of the West now. Okay? That's not the case. Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge are going to absolutely pounce when an opportunity is going to hit. So who's that player out there they could go get with without giving up Lowry Markinen? Gosh, Rudy Gobert. Go get him back, <laughs> would you? <laughs> I could go through the all-star <laughs> rosters, and I guarantee you there's just no way any of these players are going to be pried away so from the So you're teams. grumpy. You think that none of these guys who are super who are superstars in the league right now are going to be pried away from their team. Okay, go ahead. Real quick. Trey Young. I don't want him. Julius Randle. Uh, no. Donovan Mitchell. Not not here, obviously. Tyrese Maxey. He's got, by the way, Donovan Mitchell will leave Cleveland in two seconds. Yeah, well, that's just we all, not we all know, We've already played right. that game. We know how right. that works. All right. Tyrese Maxey. Uh, no. You think he's leaving the Sixers? No, They're no, not no, letting him no. go. No. Jalen Brunson. He's <laughs> the king of New York. He's yes. not going anywhere. Nope. Jalen Brown. No, he no, just no. signed the mega contract. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes. But do you remember Jalen Brown's name got thrown around, though, for fun, like during well, the summer, like I'm, we were all? Of course, because it was it was a possibility. No deal had been made yet. Right. So why not? But okay. the deal's been made. That's not going to happen. Sure, sure, sure. Scotty Barnes. Uh, 
Hey, listen. Could you pry him from the Raptors? And he is that is he that guy you pair with Larry Markin that makes you a contender? I know and, that his head coach thinks that he's going to be a top five player in the league, but and he, I don't. And, he, and he's an all star right now, so it's possible. Good for him. Paulo Bencaro, is the magic letting him go? No. No. He's not going to go anywhere. Bam out of bio. No, no, it's not a fit. Mm-mm. Jason Tatum's not going anywhere. Damian Lillard just got traded to the Bucks. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton's not going anywhere. Joel Embiid, Giannis. Okay, let me go to the West real quick. No. Nobody from the East? Okay. Nobody from the East. It makes any sense. If you're listening right now, do you think there's any possible way the Jazz pry away those players, hey, any of them, without say, giving up Lowry Mark? You say that, but... Because then you're just stuck with another good player, and you don't have the player to pair with them, right? It's not that wild to get a GM in a room and to flash some first-round picks in his face when he well, might have a little bit of a... What you need is a disgruntled player on right, this a list. problematic guy. These are the best players in the game right now, today. Carl Anthony Towns. Wait, you said we need a disgruntled player? Is that what you said? Just what we want, right? Well, I mean... I only want the gruntled ones. I don't want a disgruntled guy. I mean, Donovan Mitchell didn't want to be here. The Cavs picked him up. Right. Makes sense. Was Donovan Mitchell disgruntled? I mean, I don't know if that's the word to describe it, but he uh, didn't want to be here. We convinced ourselves at the end that he was, right? I mean, Jalen Brunson was happy with the Mavericks, but they mm-hmm. they couldn't re-sign him. I'm telling you. Okay. Cat. You want nah, Cat? No, no, is no. Is Cat and Lowry, the, is, that, is that the answer? Nah. Kawhi Leonard's not coming here, and plus you don't. It's that's no, not doesn't you don't work. Want, no, Paul George not the same timeline, mm-hmm. right? That's not going to happen. Anthony Edwards, you getting him from the Timberwolves? But, no chance. Oh, hold on though. Is that your guy? Is that the guy you identify right I'm now? I'm not saying he's my guy. What I'm saying is, is that why wouldn't a name like Anthony Edwards be able to be pried from a team that is going to be an absolute cap hell? Right, because he's the best player on that team with cap hell. I guess he's the youngest too, right? They would more likely move Cat, Mike Conley, or Rudy Gobert. I'll bring, finish hey, the list. Bring my, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert back. We're up I against it. I'll okay. finish the right, list. Right, right. Anthony Davis, you're not going anywhere. That doesn't nope. make sense. Steph nope. Curry's not leaving. Mm-mm. Devin Booker, not getting him. Nikola Jokic, no. LeBron James, no. Shea Gildas Alexander, there's no way the Thunder are trading him ever. Kevin Durant, he's going to finish his career with the Suns probably. And then Luka Doncic, which is the player that everybody, I mean, right. every, jazz, are you? every jazz fan <laughs> is know. like, that's the guy. So you're telling me there's a chance. See, you say all those names. And there, there are GMs across the league that go, J.J., any of those dudes, any of those guys, you can make a deal for. Danny Ainge would go, I could call up one of those teams just to prove you wrong to oh, get one of those guys here. Right. I guarantee that they, they at least feel like they could go at the, at the table and make, a, and make a little bit of a back and forth and maybe get close. Just – for poops and giggles, all right? Did that exercise get everybody an, an idea no. of how difficult no. this is? No, all you did was depress people out there because you're like, none of these players are available. This is the All-Stars in 2024. Mm. The Jazz, their challenge is to get through the draft a guy that's going to be the All-Star in 2028. Wilbur, we're not going to be able to get any of them. Gosh. Sad trombone. <laughs> Didn't we decide it was a tuba? All right. That's right. We've Sad got tickets. Tuba, trombone. Hey, even though JJ Barry. tried to convince you that it's not worth it. Oh, poo poo. We've got jazz tickets for you. When are they coming? Oh, my goodness. This is. Wow. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801 575 Zone, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you buy. I'm going to save your situation at home right now. Caller number 12 gets a pair of jazz tickets to tomorrow night's February 14th matchup with the dadgum Los Angeles Lakers. 
Call number 12 right now. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. 801-575-9663. Maybe you're already going to a nice restaurant downtown. How about you pair it with Jazz Lakers tickets at Delta Center tomorrow night. You could save Valentine's Day. Easy one. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663. We'll come back. We got more to go around the corner. Uh, a would you rather right right around the corner here with us. And uh, J.J., I promise that uh, – look, we're still friends, right, even though you're dead wrong on some of that stuff? Yeah, sure. All right. We'll come back. Get those, get those, those uh, tickets away. 801-575-ZONE. Tickets to the Lakers Jazz tomorrow at Delta Center. You can win them right now. We're going to do more tickets at the bottom of the next hour and at the bottom of the uh, 5 o'clock hour as well. So stay right here, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Listen, everybody. Real-life hypotheticals to get your brain churning. As J.J. and Alex ask, would you rather – I don't think you should do this. Last year she came to my work. Now I gotta show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, flat on the track. What up, Brooks? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dumb Keys. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Player coach. Got it. I'm open. And need no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were gonna support me. Why you dunking me, girl? Why you dunking me? How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. Here goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. Dunkin' Donuts is not a good donut. That is a perfect commercial. I don't drink coffee, but I'm assuming it's not good coffee either. <laughs> so what is Dunkin' Donuts? It's like, uh, I mean, I be hey, careful. We're, we're starting, I, I almost ripped into a fast food chain. Well, no, I'm listen, trying to be careful. Like, I don't, don't want to offend here. our sponsors. No, they're not our sponsors. They're, they're, I'm talking about another fast food chain I was about to tear into. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, listen. I'm going to stay away from the Golden Arches. Oh, oh yeah. I just did it. I am no, so sorry. No, 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 no. Listen, but you know, McDonald's serves its purpose. Dunkin' Donuts serves its purpose. McDonald's has great breakfast sandwiches. I'll leave it at that. You and I won't You and I won't go there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but my kids will. I'll take them there. <laughs> Why, though? Uh, ah, it's there. Dunkin' Donuts, though, they are officially an amazing... Commercial maker. Well, look now. at what they what the. This is why you pay seven million dollars for. We've already talked about them twice. A Super Bowl commercial. Okay. Would you rather be Ben Affleck married to J Lo or Tom Brady married to Giselle Bunchen? That's no longer a couple. Tom Brady's single, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, if that was the the pick, right? You have supermodel wife or I can't J-Lo. imagine how hard it is to keep J Lo happy. Like you can see it on you can see it on Ben Affleck. <laughs> you. How many memes of Ben Affleck do we see of him like staring off into the distance, the wall, smoking a cigarette, or rubbing his face? <laughs> or there's the meme of "Hello Darkness, my old friend." <laughs> how much of how much of that is owed to J Lo? Yeah, I know. Uh, that's uh, that's 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 ridiculous. just too tough. I just couldn't do it. That's just too tough. Hey, nominate your youth sports volunteer that you know in your community. And have them become our Hercules Hero of the Week. Submit your nomination, kslsports.com slash contest. 
kslsports.com slash contest. Nominate somebody right now. If it's a volunteer coach, if it's a mom who is an awesome team mom, if it's one of the rec directors in your city who does a phenomenal job, or if it's a coach at a junior high or high school, at any level of youth sports, I don't care who it is. If it's a ref, frankly, the referees, my goodness, they need to get uh, more love, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can nominate a sports volunteer uh, or somebody who works in that industry in your area to become the Hercules Hero of the Week. KSLSports.com slash contest. Write down that nomination, and then we will read about that person. And courtesy of Hercules Credit Union, they'll get a nice little prize. $50 gift card, uh, courtesy of the folks at Hercules Credit Union. Uh, and that's our Hercules Hero of the Week. We're going to read one on Thursday, so there you go. Every Thursday we do it, KSLSports.com slash contest. Next on the program, we will take a break and come back. And Brett McMurphy joining us from the Action Network. Uh an interesting write-up about what the future of bowl games looks like. Look, they just wanted the divorce to happen. They got it, and then now they have to start looking at assets and going, hey, are you going to come pick up this mattress in the garage? No, uh, it's mine. So I left our future bowl <laughs> games in the closet. I know this is awkward, but can I come pick them up? Can I send over? Totally forgot. I'm I, so sorry. Can I send over my brother to pick it up? Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? send, send a relative over. <laughs> well, George Klyavkov's looking for work, so oh. send him over. Would you rather be George Klyavkov or or uh, Larry Scott? Klyavkov. Scott's still more hated. You know what? I take that back because, no, I'd rather be Larry Scott <laughs> because Klyavkov's the one that's going to be remembered. And Larry Scott still has his helicopter and his, oh, and his, and his uh, two Rolexes. <laughs> his incredible home in the Bay Area. Oh, my gosh. He still flies everywhere in a helicopter. Unbelievable. Gosh. What a crook. Larry Scott and the Kardashians flying around everywhere in helicopters. All right. We'll take the break. We'll come back. We've got Brett McMurphy next. We also have another pair of jazz tickets for tomorrow night's game against the Los Angeles Lakers that we're going to be giving away next hour. So stay with us. 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us on the program. Alex Keery, Jeremiah Jensen. Together we make up JJ and Alex here in the afternoons, of course. You can download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Uh, our program is brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar, perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. Uh, and also Trajan Wealth. Trajanwealth.com is the website. Uh Jeremy, let's get to it. We got Brett McMurphy on the horn here from Action Network, so we're going to just jump right in here. It is the cut right here at the top of the hour. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with J.J. and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, and Brett does a phenomenal job covering college football. We're glad to have him on the program. Brett, thanks for being with us again. Good afternoon. How you doing? Oh, we're fantastic. Now, this story that you have up right now at Action Network, you guys, I mean, this is something that hits us right here in the Intermountain area because the 10 schools leaving the Pac-12 are going to be still in affiliated bowls. It's like one of those divorces that after they're like, just get divorced and then we'll we'll do the shakeout and mediation later. I mean, it's going to be a little bit messy, but how are the bowl affiliations going to work exactly? Well, the the 
biggest challenge is, not, <clears throat> excuse me, not only for teams leaving the, the Pac-12, but also, you know, OU and Texas go to the SEC, uh, SMU goes to the ACC. Uh, there's other conferences that are adding schools. All of the bowl contracts <clears throat> were for six years. And so the 2024 season will be year five of those six years. So we've got basically two years left of all the bowl contracts, including the college football playoff. And so even though there's been such drastic realignment and different, you know, there's technically there is a Pac-12, but there is no more Pac-12. There's only Oregon State and Washington State left. You still have these bowl contracts that go through the 2025 season. So to basically, you know, you would have to tear – there's 41 bowls, so you would have to tear up 41 contracts and then redo those contracts with new conference affiliations and all of those things. And that would be very difficult to do in such a short matter of time. And so basically to kind of get through these last two years, um, you know, everyone involved has kind of said, well, probably the, the easiest way to do this is just basically keep the bowl tie-ins based on, you know, your, your old conference. So obviously what that means for the 10 teams leaving the Pac-12 is, um, you know, it, again, this has not been officially signed, sealed, and delivered yet, but this is the way they're going, is, you know, if you're formerly in the Pac-12, that unless you go to the college football playoff, you're probably going to play in one of the Pac-12 affiliated bowls. And what makes that even more challenging, for instance, the Alamo Bowl pits the Pac-12 against the Big 12. Well, so what's going to happen with Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado? Does that mean they can't go to the Alamo Bowl because they would be playing a a Big 12 team, a team in their own conference? Uh, I would say it's not likely that they would go to that game, but if you know, with the size of these conferences, if it's a team that you didn't face in the regular season, um, perhaps they do pair up, you know, two Big 12 teams. Perhaps in the Sun Bowl or the Holiday Bowl, they pair up two ACC teams if it's Cal and Stanford, if if it's a team they didn't meet in the regular season. But, um, you know, I know, you know, probably for a lot of folks, uh, you know, Utah fans out there, um, you know, Pac- Pac-12 uh fans of any other former Pac-12 teams, you're kind of like, oh, come on. I wanted to, I wanted to get involved with the, my new conference and their new bowl games. I'm tired of the Pac-12 sites. I, I understand, but it's really, you know, unless somebody comes up with a magic bullet, this is probably what we're going to end up with for the, for the next two years. Yeah, that's a pretty complicated situation. And when there's a complicated situation, people aren't happy. People who you've talked to, they're tied into the conferences, coaches, athletic directors, what's the reaction to this situation? And is there any solution that would make, I mean, it's really, they don't have a choice, do they? You know, they really don't. Again, you know, the the kind of good news is that, you know, the bowl games, there is a lot of horse trading that goes on. You know, in fact, last year, and it didn't didn't impact the, um, but impacted the Big 12, but not necessarily Pac-12. But the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, did not have a tie-in with the Big 12, but they moved some teams around, and West Virginia ended up going to the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Um, so there is a possibility that some could get moved around, that potentially a, a former Pac-12 school would not be tied into one of the Pac-12 games. Maybe they could go somewhere else. 
again, another part of it's supply and demand. You know, if there's, if there's, um, you know, Pac-12 only has six, six bowl bids. The Rose Bowl, as you guys know, is no longer affiliated with the Pac-12. It's part of the college football playoff. So there's only six Pac-12 um, affiliated bowls, and, you know, there are 12 Pac-12 teams, including current and former. So if you have, if you have eight or nine bowl-eligible teams from the current and former Pac-12, well, there's, you know, two or three after the playoff there's at least two or three there that are going to have to go play somewhere else. So that would be a way that you wouldn't be tied in there too. But yeah, um, you know, for the, basically, the, you know, the simplest thing is maybe not the most popular, but there's really no other way to do it. And it's, you know, kind of like uh, you know, the former Pac-12 conference schools, you know, the Hotel California, you can check out anytime you want to, <laughs> to never leave. Uh Brett, one of the things that, you know, I like to look at situations like this because I, I love a bit of schadenfreude, but, like, you know, just looking at other people's situations where they go, oh, it's not going to be great for this team. Wh- who, <laughs> which conferences or which teams are going to hate this more? Like, what's the most annoying matchup that could happen? I could, I can only think that, like, maybe a Texas-Texas A&M bowl game, like, that A&M would hate that more than anything on the, on the planet because – there's an old, a former SEC team and a former Big 12 team that would have to be pitted against each other maybe for a second time during the year. Wh- who hates this situation the most, even temporarily? Um, I, you know, I mean, everyone likes to get mad about anything, you know. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, I, the, when I tweeted it out today, you know, there were the instant responses were, you know, LOL, great you know, when things couldn't get worse or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's, it may not even end up being that bad. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're leaving the, um, if you're leaving the, the Pac-12 for the, for the Big 12 or the Big 10, um, and you happen to, you have to go to play in San Diego in the Holiday Bowl. You have to go to Las Vegas. Um, you have to go to San Antonio. Believe me, there's a lot worse bowl spots right. in the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. So, um, you know, I I, I understand how people like to get fed up with things. So I don't really think it's like, oh, this this automatically sucks for this school or this conference. It's just kind of it's it's kind of how it is. Um, I do know from talking with a lot of folks at these at these um, Pac-12 bowls. Like I said, there's six of them they're already starting to think ahead to 2026 about, okay, when we're not, when the new contract starts, okay, we want to be tied in with, we want to have a big 12, uh, big 10 game, or we'd like to have an SEC big 12 game, or maybe an SEC big 10 game instead of our current alignment with the PAC 12. So that's where it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with those six bowl games and what new affiliations they will have on the other side when they fill in the other spot with the Pac-12. Because even if the Pac-12 rebuilds and add teams from the Mountain West, I'm sure, you know, those six Pac-12 bowl games, I would say at least four or five would say, hey, that's great, but we're going to try to lock up with one of the Power Four conferences right. as opposed to a Pac-2 Mountain West uh, reboot. Fascinating situation and great story. You can read that story from Brett McMurphy on the Action Network right now to get a lot more details So head to Action Network after this interview to read more of that. There was also some breaking news, several stories actually today from the college football world that I'd love to get your reaction. 
I'll start with the news that the Pac-12 has finally decided to move on from George Klyovkov. What do you make of that situation and that report today? Yeah, John Warner reported that um, with San Jose, and it's like, you know, he said they have formally started to move on. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> informally, you know, oh, now we're really serious, George. You're really, <laughs> really not going to – we promise you're not – I mean, I know it's, you know, it's semantics. They've got to go through the proper – procedure and you know legally legalese wise and all those good things um you know also when do you get rid of them is based on the buyout um obviously financials come into play that's a big deal obviously with the with the pac-2 and the in the remaining pac-12 school so yeah i don't think it's uh, i don't think it's any big surprise um you know i, I no one saw him being commissioner of of the pack two after this season. So, um, you know, I guess it was not a big surprise, but I guess now they finally have the lawyers have finally laid out a plan on the best way to do this and spend the least amount of money and, and move on and see what's next for those guys. Brett, one thing that also has come out of this, obviously the, the college football playoff, the $1.3 billion that ESPN is going to throw at it uh, for a six year contract of that 12 team playoff. With the 12-team playoff, what happens to the traditional bowl system? Are they going to keep that thing in its normal kind of – are they going to keep it intact as much as they can? Like ESPN owns so many of those bowls, and there's so much money attached to them in that way. But they also – there's so many – I mean, forgive me here, but there's a lot of throwaway bowl games. I mean, is it going to stay the traditional fashion of what we've seen? How are they going to treat it with a 12-team playoff now with the playoff and traditional bowl games? Well, it's going to, at least for the next two years, it's going to stay the same. We've got, including including the college football playoff, um, we will have 41 bowl games. Mm-hmm. That does not include the national title game. So we'll have 41, you know, bowl games. So basically 82 teams that either go to the playoff or go to bowl games. So I think what, what, I think what we'll see happen, uh, you know, which we've already seen, started seeing the past couple of years is if you're not in the playoff, there's going to be less and less emphasis on these bowl games. And we saw it this past year. I mean, you had teams, you know, it was impossible to keep up with who was in the portal, who was, um, you know, declaring for the NFL, who just wasn't going to play. Um, You had teams playing their third string quarterback. That's with a 14 playoff. Now we go to 12 teams. It's going to be really, really worse. And, um, I think in the next two years that after these bowl games, see how this play out, that I think we'll lose some bowl games because I don't think these communities or these bowls that are not in the playoff, that are not on the next rung after the, after the playoff are going to want to spend, you know, a lot of money uh, when they, you know, they may get a seven and five team that may only bring half of their team um, and may not be that, you know, have that much interest in it. And then also you add on to that all the movement with, with, with the coaches where a lot of these bowl teams didn't even have coaching staffs. They had to, they had to basically rent a coaching staff or they had graduate assistants running it and stuff. It's obviously changed so much in the past 10 years. I don't, and I, look, I don't like it, but that's the way it's going. And I think when we get to the 2026 with the start of the new 12 team format um after these next two years i would guess we'd probably 
uh, sources have told me probably guess we'd lose anywhere from three to six bowl games. I mean, maybe it's fewer than that. Maybe it's more. Um, but I'd be shocked if we still have 41 because I can't yeah. – I don't think that – I don't think the system will support that. And certainly just based on the, the, the players and the teams, there doesn't seem to be that much interest in these games to go to bowl games when you're, when you're five, six, seven wins. We love way too early polls here on JJ and Alex, and, <laughs> and we love yours, Brett. Uh, one of the ones we use and talk about on the show in January because we want to talk about college football in January and what else are you going to do, right? So uh, th- things have changed, though. Since you put yours out January 8th, I believe, is when you first put yours out. A lot has changed in college football, even here with uh, Utah and BYU, but across the country. How much has your early top 25 changed because of what's happened in college football just over the last five or six weeks? Well, I have not updated my, my way to early top 25 that came out, um, you know, before the national title game. But I, uh, good segue, tomorrow I will have my first never-too-early bowl projections out. Nice. <laughs> and in, the, in those bowl projections, so if folks aren't, familiar with the way the 12-team playoff works, the five highest-ranked conference champions get automatic bids to the college football playoff, and the four highest-ranked conference champions, no matter where they're ranked by the selection committee, they could rank 4, 7, 17, and 102. But if those are the four highest-ranked conference champs, they will be seeded numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4 in the new playoff. In my bold projections tomorrow, spoiler alert, the Big 12 champ, I have them ranked, excuse me, seated fourth in my college football playoff bowl projections. And that Big 12 champ that I have seated fourth is none other than your Utah Utes. There you go. Oof. I love the pregnant pause. <laughs> that it, was drama. You know what? Did we lose Brett? Did Hold we lose on. him? No, the best no. part is, the best part is, is, you did have some BYU fans out there who just heard that, who were like, he's going to say it, and then uh, you had their hopes up. I don't know why, but they probably had their hopes up. Uh, that's awesome, though. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I, I loved I loved Arizona, but, they, you know, you lose dead fish. They're going to lose some players mm-hmm. uh, prior to the portal. Uh, I, you know, I think I had Arizona eighth in my, in my preseason top 25. Uh, when I do my new one, I'm going to drop them a little bit. Obviously, I'll put Utah above them. Um, I just think, and look, I you know, before everyone you know runs to the the, the you know starts calling Mark Harlan for for uh, playoff tickets, uh, <laughs> keep this in mind. Last year, my dark horse to win the Big Twelve was Texas Tech, and hey. they went uh, six and six. There so, you go. Uh, but the thing, I I am gonna it, next year is gonna be, and I'm an Oklahoma State guy. I don't know if you guys knew that, so I'm. I'm pumped for the Big 12 because I I honestly believe this. I think there's five teams that can win the win the Big 12. I think it's yep. going to be the most competitive conference. I think you're going to have five or six top 25 legit top 25 teams in the Big 12. Utah, Arizona, Oklahoma State returns a ton. Kansas State returns a ton. Iowa State returns literally everybody. West Virginia returns literally mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, it's going to be obviously it's not going to be quality of Big 12 basketball, but as far as competitiveness and depth, I think next year Big 12 football will be very similar 
the Big 12 basketball, though we're not, you know, we're not going to have, you know, three teams in the in the top five. But I think there will be five or six top 25 teams. That's the good news. The bad news is I think the Big 12 only gets one team in the playoff because I think they'll beat up on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the conference champ obviously will be a top four seed. But I don't know if I don't know if that Big 12 runner-up will still finish in the top 11 in the rankings, which they'll have to do to make the playoff. You still got Georgia winning it all? I do. I mean, I think obviously Georgia and Ohio State automatically you got to put them in there. I mean, I guess Ohio State is bringing back the ghost of George Steinbrenner, <laughs> and they're just going to get them as much money as they can. But as the Yankees have shown year in year out, it takes more than money to win a championship but i mean chip kelly's an unbelievable hire for them i think that's huge but also i think something that you know obviously be talked about and analyzed and scrutinized is you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on ohio state you know harbaugh's gone from michigan so oh you guys should finally beat michigan and basically all the moves they're making it's basically it's win a national title or else and, you know, sometimes programs, professional or college, don't react w- real well to that, and we'll have to see how they uh, how they do. But certainly based on talent right now, everything they brought back, um, yeah, Georgia's, Georgia's 1A right now, and, and Georgia's 1B for me. Brett McMurphy. Action. Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got it. Uh, Brett McMurphy, Action Network. You can find his byline there. Read all about the update to what the bowl situation is going to look like, but also tune in tomorrow. My heavens. We're going to be going over that one, I'm sure. Brett McMurphy with his way too early bowl predictions that, as he pointed out, in a season where we're going to have our first college football uh, playoff situation with 12 teams, it is not too early. It's not early enough. We got to get more of that. So, Brett, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking some moments with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again closer to football season. You got it, guys. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Brett. Brett McMurphy. If you are a college football fan and you don't follow and read Brett McMurphy, you're doing it wrong. There's a reason that people are tripping over themselves to get Brett. So it was great to have him on the show. That was great stuff. Amazing. Uh, so what did he say? Sorry, I didn't hear who he said the Big 12 champ was going to be. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love what he said. None other than I mean, he's a pretty straightforward, like beat writer guy, like uh, oh, you know, columnist. No, that was that he, he he went full radio on us with the pregnant pause. He's no dummy. They, he played that perfectly. Is your University of Utah? Youth. That was great. <laughs> I don't think there are a lot of people. I don't think there are a lot of Wildcat fans out there who were saying, "Is he going to say our team?" It's like, and and you know what was happening? There are a bunch of BYU fans who were like rolling their eyes, going, "He's doing. He is." I know what he's doing here, and I'm not falling for it. And then there's a couple out there that go, is he about to say my coops? It's like, no, no, not yet. Not this year. All right, settle down. All right, appreciate that from Brett McMurray. So stay right here. More to go around the corner. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Look, I used to host a non-sports show for a lot of years. I'm so glad I'm back in the sports, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, 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 you miss politics? No, I do not. No, you know what happens? I would get home, and I, I just hated everybody. It wasn't like I'd go, what a, what a wonderful example. No, I'm like, I hate everybody. That was a masterpiece. <laughs> That's right. I just look. There are good. There are good uh, public servants out there. There's some really bad ones too. And you know what? It's part of the deal. With bad intentions, but it's always been that way. Now, like I said, I love talking about sports. Let's get back to it. My heavens, let's get into it. Okay. Did we give those tickets away? By the way, what's the person's first name who won? Because I'm. I'm. Each one of these people who win these tickets today on the Jazz Ticket Tuesday, that's a little something extra. Heather. Heather won some tickets for she and her loved one, hopefully. Like, I hope that I hope that she's not just going like, yeah, and I'll give it to my kids. She seemed very excited to win. Yes, because guess what? Wait, 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 Jeremy. And one thing. Why? Heather, we love you, but was she a Lakers fan? <laughs> Did you make that clear? Did you... I didn't vet it close enough. Hope ah! call her back. Call Heather? her back. Heather. Call her back. Heather, please tell us. Lakers <laughs> suck yesterday. They suck again today. Hey, listen. <laughs> tomorrow is a day of love. Man. We did not intend to give those tickets to a Laker fan. So we can't technically say you're ineligible we if can't, you're a Laker fan. You're right. But, we can't. But, but you know how I, I feel I'm, about I'm, it. I'm, I'm sure, Heather. <laughs> thank you for listening, Heather. We love you. Ah! Hopefully, you are a Jazz fan and you're going there to cheer on the right team. Do you, and you can't, Jeremy, you can't ask the question if they're a Lakers fan. Well, you can just for the sake of us keeping score. They still get the tickets. You can't deny them the tickets, okay? All right. I assume, I bet Heather is. There's got to be a I loophole. I bet Heather is. She's taking I'll a find a loophole. Yes. I bet Heather is. She's taking her husband. I'll have my lawyers look at it. <laughs> Heather is. She's taking her husband. It's going to be a magical. Look, and he, you know what's going to happen? He's going to be like, I'm taking you to dinner, sweetheart. And then she's going to go, and I'm taking uh-huh. this to the freaking Lakers game. What's up? Top that. Yeah, man. Who won Valentine's Day? Heather did. Yeah. Especially because it's free, dog. Oh, I mean, you can't free. Free 99 the Sorry. best price uh, for tickets. Complimentary, <laughs> as the lawyers tell us to say. Mm. No cost. All right. Let me see here. Where are we on this program? All right, let's jump in here. BYU football. That's right. By the way, uh, Brett McMurphy's high on the Big 12. If there's something you yeah. want to take away from that's a positive from uh, what he just talked about. Well, the good news is the bad news is that the conference is good. The bad news is it's going to beat up on each other, and only one team is going to get a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. While the Big Ten and the SEC take them all. Help me with the logic. They're running They're running away with this thing with their strength of schedule in the 80s. It just means more. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, But I do love the idea of, of it being – I mean, if it gets to the point where – Look, just look at college basketball. It has a perfect system, which is you can lose six games and still be a six seed, right? Yeah. You can lose eight games and still be a six seed, right? I mean, BYU's 500 in conference. They're a five seed right now in Lenardi's really? latest bracketology because yeah. they're playing good teams every week. I mean, every win, every Boy. quality win. They beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas. They better. Of course, everyone's beating Kansas right now. Did you know that BYU and Kansas same, have the same amount of losses? Same in amount of losses play? in conference. Who play? saw that coming? Wow, they're probably a two seed though. Still, in probably yeah, that's how that works. Um, but yeah, let's t- let's chat a little bit about BYU and some BYU football, and uh, I've got some Kalani Sitake sound we want to play for you. 
And specifically, I think that we talked about this too a little while ago, JJ, about what it looks like going forward after the next round. We asked Jay Hill about it too, right? It was yeah, like, hey, what's the transfer portal situation look like after spring? Is that is that a dire situation? It's just like, look, there are natural moments where you're going to have – I mean, and there's stuff that you don't anticipate where kids come to you and go, hey, I'm moving on. And you're like, wait, 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 what? And then there are others where it's like, let's sit down and have a conversation. Both parties are like, this probably isn't working out. So a nice breakup. And then there are the ones that you have an angry side. Maybe BYU gets angry when a guy walks away. Maybe uh, your college team gets angry when a certain player walks away. Or if BYU says, we don't, we don't want you anymore. Because that happens. It's not that they say, we don't want you anymore. We say, hey, we're going to need your scholarship uh, because we think the best option is for you to move on. So let's get to what Kalani says about that, about what he thinks is going to happen when it comes to the end of spring with this football team. You just don't hand the keys over to somebody. You just you got to earn it. In terms of quarterback position, feel good with guys that are there. Uh, obviously, we got to create opportunities for them to compete to show what they got and then make decisions. I mean, this is we have a, a good group going into spring ball. There's going to be attrition, guys. There's going to be guys that are going to leave. Guys are going to go that love football, that want to play. When you go through the competition, you start looking and being direct feedback and giving honest feedback to the players. There's going to be guys that, that are going to want to play and, and and they don't want to wait or guys that understand where they're they're at and can see, hey, if I develop and continue to go down this path, I, I'm going to be the next in line as long as I keep doing everything right. It's going to be some, some movement, some changes after spring ball. He's speaking specifically about that quarterback position right there, but it's yes. also about, hey, there's going to be attrition guys kind of everywhere. Look, it's right? Hunger Games at BYU, man. You, you go you go two and seven in conference play. You go five and seven overall. You miss a bowl game, and the pressure's on in year two in the Big 12. It is Hunger Games. They don't care. There are no sacred cows down there. It's going to be a battle for positions. It's going to be a battle for playing time. And the best guy – We'll get the job, and the quarterback position is fascinating because you've got some guys with experience, and you got some younger guys that you really like, but you got to have somebody emerge because the reason why, one of the reasons why you, you fell short last year was inconsistency at the quarterback position, um, which I think, my personal opinion, was that it was impacted by the inability to run the football most of the season. But there were obviously chances in those last two games where you could have won those games, but some inconsistency at the quarterback position prevented you from doing so. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that the count we had last time was, what, eight quarterbacks that are right it's now a technically long list. on the – It's yeah. a long list. And it, and Mitch Harper probably has a refresh for us, but right. it's, it's, it's close to that number. It, it keeps getting – You got it, eight quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Right. And, right? by the way <laughs> – We're not yeah, sitting here talking about how many quarterbacks does Utah have. You know, we got to know who's the third string up at See, Utah. No, we – I'm telling you. We don't need to know. Isn't that the, like, honestly, do not take for granted the fact that when your team has a quarterback, your life is actually pretty darn good. That doesn't mean you're, you know, immune to losing. I mean, it, but it's at every level. How many teams in in college football in the top 15 right now don't know who their quarterback is? I mean. There might be some, but it's not very many. And those, those are the the teams that have the five-star guy that's, you know what I mean? I mean, you start running up, reeling off like Michigan, obviously, is going to have to figure out who their guy is. But that's Michigan, right? And if Michigan doesn't find their guy, they're not going to be a, 
they're not gonna they're not gonna have success. No, and they're and gonna on, fall quick. No, on top of it, there's just I mean you you don't want there to be every one of those quarterbacks there, but it does. BYU fans got burned a little bit last year because they didn't have to think about a quarterback for how many seasons? Four or five? They were spoiled. For five seasons? They're two NFL caliber quarterbacks. Essentially. Some, some could argue they're not NFL caliber. Well, they might. Or at least. You know, they're going to have to work really hard to stay yeah. there, let me tell you that. Right. But regardless, they didn't have to. You didn't, if you're a BYU fan, you didn't have to think about it. Until last year, when you were kind of sold the bill of goods in the in the post in the uh, in the post and preseason about a guy transferring in about how he was going to change your life and that there wasn't going to be a fall off of uh, of production, and so that now you're jaded. Now you're going, oh my goodness, there's no quarterback in this quarterback room, or they didn't plan for it, or because there is a part of you that kind of goes, oh, did everybody get a little over their skis about the quarterback situation at BYU because now. It doesn't look like there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks that are obviously there aren't quarterbacks in that room that are the named starter. There's zero of them right now are the named starter. Ask a BYU fan how excited they'd be about Jake Retzlaff next year. I've had that conversation. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> how about oh, uh, not from a BYU fan? Come on. Oh. Right? That's not gonna happen. <laughs> or, it's if flipping or, or if frickin'. I go flipping or freaking. Right. Or if I go, hey. How about that Gary Paul Hannon? No. Well, you're not pleased with that? I heard the freshman Ryder Burton's coming along. None of it actually feels great. Like, it just is like, ah. It's it's not that it doesn't feel great. It's just uncertain. Gary Bohannon is a proven Power 5, Power 4 quarterback who had success at Baylor on a team that uh, won the Big 12. But he wasn't the quarterback in that Big 12 championship game. He didn't f- finish that season as a starter. And he had a, a major shoulder injury that's kept him out of football for a year and a half. We don't know. He's a big question mark. Jake Retzloff had reps last year. There was moments, but there were also moments. So you're not sure, right? We hear Ryder Burton is coming along well, like you just alluded to. What is that but as he mean? played a down of college football, no. like I watched him in high school, one of the most unbelievable plays at the end of a semifinal game, we've had a chance to call a walk-off game-winning touchdown in a semifinal game on Rice-Eccles Stadium. But doing it at this level is different. Under, under the bright lights at BYU, are you ready for that? We don't know. Yeah, I can go on. Every guy is an I don't know or a question mark or maybe or, yeah, probably not, right? So what is Nobody it? goes, you go, wow, that's, get, let's get this guy under center. Let's go. So we what don't is know. It? It's going to be... Um, it's just it's going to be a, a, a weird offseason. It's going to be uncomfortable the entire time because even after they name a starter, it's not going to be fun, right? It's going to be something that is – Because you don't know. Right. Game one, as soon as they snap the ball against Southern Illinois, you're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. And like last year, we should have known. First two games, we should have known. Like this isn't this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. Same thing with Utah. You knew early on in the season, like, wait a minute. Like, don't ignore that. Like, that's – you can fairly evaluate the first couple. We should, we should have fairly evaluated the quarterback situation and the offense at BYU based on the Sam Houston game. Yeah. Because it didn't get much better. Right? 
No, it was it was what uh, you saw is what you got the rest of the year. The Sam Houston game, everyone went, oh, okay. Oh no, it was. And it then was it was like, like, what in the world is going go, on here? And then you go, well, you know, you just kind of getting your boy. This this Sam Houston team has a great defense. Oh, my goodness, my gosh. Do you remember too? And, and they went winless. In I their remember first, what, six games. I remember. I remember doing uh, post game on that on that game, and all I could bring up with Jay Catch and I go, dude. Remember the 2017 Portland State game? Ooh. You remember it, right? Oh, I do. Was it, uh, what was the final? It was like 20 to 6 or something like that? It was, uh, same kind of thing. It was an unexpected struggle against a bad FCS program. (laughs) Right. And Sam Houston just got elevated to FBS, right? Yes. So that, I remember going, let's hope that that doesn't turn into the, you know, the, uh, the bad showing that they had that year. And what was the problem that year? No offense. Yeah. Uh, they were quarterback roulette. Like right. Four and uh, how four, many guys are going to start a quarterback? Four this and year eight. For us? Worst season in the Kalani era. Now it was only right. a second year. That shows you how important quarterback is. You right. got to have a guy, or if you don't have a guy, or he gets hurt, then you better hope your next guy's the guy, because you need two. But you hope you only have to use one. And that's why there's so much confidence in Utah this year, and there's so many question marks about BYU. I hope anyone that's rational can understand that. <laughs> I hope we could be shocked and surprised. JJ, come on. You're asking people to be rational about their football team. I know. That's Stop the, it. That grows counter to the definition of a come fan, on. right? Hey, on Thursday, we're going to be at the RV show at the Mount America Expo Center in Sandy. JJ and I are going to be – look, a lot of these – the boat show was a new experience for JJ. I said, man, you got to go check out some of these boats. Boat the RV- show was here, better climb <laughs> aboard. Oh, man, we didn't get one for the RV show. Although the RV show doesn't There's have. There's no RV show jingle. Is that- wait, yeah, wait, wait, so. wait, wait. I don't think there is. No, no, don't do it. You want me to harmonize to it? <laughs> no, uh, we're not doing it. We're not doing this. Don't do the, R- the RV show. You- I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. All right? Think about what you're going to do. If you if you are going what to sing a line. What would be the slogan for an RV show? So, because you climb aboard a boat. I get that. The boat show was here. You better climb aboard. I think aboard. they have the. I think How do you they, get into an RV? Well, how would that be described? Come on in. The great outdoors is waiting. Isn't that the on the, isn't that well, on the I, RV show I don't show think one? I need to do it. I think you no, just did it. There it is. There it is. Uh, we're going to be there on Thursday. That's like sounding like the is, big O tires guy. I know. I'm telling you, it sounds like something that we have had on our airwaves. <laughs> I think it's, I think it might be the RV show. Uh, all right. Come Thursday. on in <laughs> the great outdoors is way it is. See, you've heard Yours it. Yours is better. See, you've heard it. Yours is better. Is I, that, is that the RV show one? I think it might be. We're going to, you it? know what? Just listen to the station. We're going to probably get it in the next five minutes. <laughs> All right. Come on in because the great outdoors is waiting. You don't, you're channeling like, you're channeling your money. Hi, run a fossil football. <laughs> you're doing your Hank Williams Jr. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be at the Mount, Ex- Mount America Expo Center in Sandy, three to six on Thursday. Come see the uh, RV of your dreams and uh, come check it out. The RV is, the RV show is amazing. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to, we're going to get JJ's first experience at the RV show. All right, so stay right here. More to go around the corner. Next hour, another pair of February 14th, some Valentine's Day tickets to the Utah Jazz on a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. I'm a TV junkie. Can't figure out what to watch or stream today? Let our in house TV expert give you the best options. It's JJ's TV Guy. 
All right. Welcome back. It is 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Yes. Uh, periodically, we let uh, JJ try to bore us with his TV ratings news. But you know what? I got the numbers. I got the numbers. I got a number. How you like them apples? How you like them donuts? I'm so sorry I said that. Oh, <laughs> we got a dung king in the studio. Today. I know, man. I'm like, I'm going to be repeating that. Oh, listen. One of my favorite movies ever is Good Will Hunting. Ever is Good Will Hunting. And I, I repeat those lines all the time. So I'm obviously going to repeat the line out of also a cinematic masterpiece like the Dung Kings commercial, also starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> Is it their greatest work? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, as long as we have fireworks in there. There we go. Yep. I'm telling you, I love, I loved me some, uh, is that the greatest work they've done together? Probably not. Are you sure? So what, what else have they done together, though? Some Goodwill Hunting. They've written a lot of stuff. Yes. I think, I think that they've. I'm just not an expert on. No, I'm not, either. I'm not cinema guy. But I am. I apologize for that. I'm not I am, movie guy. I am Goodwill Hunting guy though. So give us the numbers here real quickly because okay. uh, we we do we had we had a a historic Super Bowl in terms of ratings. But I also want to you rolled a lot of this out too because it wasn't just the big number that we saw tweeted out about how many people watch the Super Bowl being the biggest telecast in the history of TV. It's also about the type of an impact that I had here locally. Absolutely. So I'll start with the big number. So this was. Officially, the most viewed Super Bowl ever. Thank you, Taylor Swift and Usher. 123.4 <laughs> million viewers. Now, this is an interesting number. 112 million of those viewers were watching the CBS broadcast on linear, oh, yeah, linear yeah. television. Yes. You know, you cable, satellite, over-the-air antenna. The rest was a combination of Paramount Plus, Nickelodeon, Univision, and NFL Plus. Ah, Univision. So your Nickelodeon, obviously Nickelodeon is also linear TV, but it was not the main network. Paramount Plus, NFL Plus, we're streaming. Univision obviously gives uh, Spanish-speaking uh, fans ah, here in the United States a way to watch well. mm-hmm. And there were, there was, I don't even, that doesn't, I don't know if that counts all the international broadcasts. Uh, not sure either, but, but that that was that include that was not included. So one hundred twenty three point four million viewers, mm-hmm. the most viewed Super Bowl ever. Would you like to know what the local Super Bowl ratings were here in the Utah tel- television market? So we were walking away from the studio yesterday, and I was like, oh, JJ, you have access to the TV numbers. I do. I want, lay it on me, dude, okay. because I want, to know what the, I want to know what the numbers are. And I think, and I, I think that we're – I always tell people that we are, are an, a sports-obsessed state. I think we do a good job of tuning into all the sports. So tell me what we got here. All right. So, before I get into the ratings, now there are 1.173 million television households in the Utah television market. Okay. So, there's two numbers that we judge this by. The first one is rating. The second one is share. Now, rating is a percentage of those 1.1 million I gave you. So, there was 37.5 was the rating for the entire broadcast. That means 440,201 and a quarter. Utah households were watching the Super Bowl. Okay. That's an incredible number. That's more than a third of the entire state that has TVs was watching that game. Okay. Now, this is even bigger. The share, which is the percentage of people who are watching television on Sunday were watching the Super Bowl, was an 80 share. That means four out of every five 
TVs that were on on right. Sunday were watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's evidenced by the fact that when I was trying to drive home, we had about an hour drive. We drove the entire length of the valley, basically. We, we went all the way from South Utah County all the way up to Davis County to come home. And there was massive amounts of traffic in there. Yes. Like, I was like, I say, what is going on? So, you know, I drive home late from yes. work. I'm, I'm here till like 1230 a.m. on Sunday nights, and like, I'm driving why home. Why are there so many people? And I never experienced that much traffic in downtown Bluffdale. <laughs> on a Sunday night is at 12.30 right a.m. Is, is that right by downtown Daybreak? It's also close to downtown Draper. Mm. Yeah, lots of downtowns <laughs> in the Valley now. So uh, I'll wrap this up real quickly. The highest rating during the game here locally was 38.9 rating, 83 share. Now, to give you guys, everyone listening, a some perspective on just how big that Super Bowl number is, mm. and I use this because I'm using the second most watched broadcast of the year in this market, which is... General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And obviously, you would expect that to have a big number. Yes. Now, this is KSL only. That doesn't include um, BYU TV or watching it online or streaming yeah, worldwide. Sure. This is just in Utah on Channel 5 on KSL. General Conference, the morning session on, in, on Sunday, October 1st, 2023, 14.8 rating, 37 share, which is a massive rating. Huge number. And it, it didn't even come close it was half to the Super Bowl of what the Super Bowl was, and the share was more than that. It was not even close. NFL is king. Hey, listen, get your priorities straight, Utah. <laughs> Although I assume you were so spending eighty, with, and 80 if you were four spending, out of five Utahs listen. watching the Super Bowl, but you weren't watching conference, were you? I'll forgive you for now. Shame. All right. And I'm assuming you were spending time with family. That was really the most important uh-huh, part. I'm sorry. Right. All right, there you go. We will come Eating back. Little Smokies. I know. Again, little Smokies. Sorry. Not little. Sorry. They are little. Little Smokies. All right. Watch, we have got eating little Smokies watching Lil John. <laughs> I know. Hey, see? Now you got it. I got it. I've got an extra pair of some tickets to give away, and this is for something different. Okay? I neglected to give these tickets out yesterday, which means a win ticket Tuesday has turned into something even extra. Be calling number 12 right now. If you're calling number 12 right now, you get a pair of WWE SmackDown tickets to Delta Center on the 16th of February. That might be just as big of a deal for people out there as the Jazz tickets. 801-575-ZONE. If you call right now, 801-575-ZONE. 801-575-9663. You get a pair of tickets to WWE SmackDown at the Delta Center on February 16th. That's coming up uh, just on Friday night. That'd be an awesome one, too. So there you go. Call number 12, 801-575-9663. Zone. Yes. Before you go to break, are you Team The Rock or Team Cody Rhodes? Uh, I I love The Rock, dude. I'm one of those guys. He might be a sellout, but so am I. So there you go. Not sure a lot of WWE fans agree with you. We'll leave it at that. Dude, I grew up, I grew up during the time. People's Elbow, when I was in high school, was you, it, man. Wrestling fans, not happy. All right. A lot of Cody Fine. Rhodes fans out there. Fine. Not happy with The Rock. All right. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Tim LaCombe, the coach, is going to join us next, and we've got another pair of tickets to give away for Jazz and Lakers tomorrow night, so stay with us, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. You know what's coming. Your daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's gone. All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with J.J. and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. 
And so yeah, those two guys are gonna have to adjust to how they're being guarded. We're gonna have to adjust as a staff in terms of things that we can do to help them. And with that is gonna come helping the Keontes and the Collins and those guys recognize those differences uh, as they're happening so that we can ultimately help the team play better. Welcome back. It, of course, is our one of our favorite segments. It's our Jazz Daily segment, although we've had enough discussion. JJ and I yelling at each other about the Jazz and the future of what it looks like. Now it's Tim Lacombe's turn. Now the coach, Tim Lacombe, has to jump in on here and have this conversation. Our show is always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, nutritious boost. And, of course, every time that Tim comes on with us, it's also brought to you by Spherion dot com slash Utah Spherion, of course, helping you staff your office with anything you need. Anybody you can get a hold of, the best hires all happen at Spherion. So there you go. S P H E R I O N dot com slash Utah. The job father here with us. Tim, what's going on, coach? What's going on, boys? Oh, how's your, uh, how's your Tuesday? Uh, you know what? It would have been a lot better if the game last night didn't give us a lot of anxiety about what's going on with this team going forward. That wasn't great. Well, you saw it, so give us your thoughts. Um, I, you know, obviously after a trade, you got to figure some things out. JJ was in the camp of thinking, oh, the Phoenix game—they seemed like they were kind of had their stuff together. They'll be even better on two on Monday, and they seem to be a little bit more lost, even. Well, I think it's you know, I think the the Jazz have played two really good teams with superstars, and. Uh, and they really are kind of—they're not back to square one, but they're—they are now trying to figure out how to deal with everybody out there. The new guys are trying to figure out their spots. So there's there's a lot of moving parts, and there's always going to be a lot of moving parts in a rebuild. I think to to probably put it the best I can uh, to evaluate the Jazz off of one night right now would be akin to you know, evaluating your children's progress in college at age five, mm. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's going to move fast and, and the jazz are, are on a track to rebuild, but this is one of those dips. Um, you know, there's a window, they acquired an asset, but with doing so had to give up some veteran leadership, some veteran know-how. And right now it's just new guys are going to have to figure it out. But to me, you guys kind of watch this from the start. That's kind of an exciting time. Yeah, Tim, the reports coming out of the locker room last night was a, a description of a, a frustrated locker room. Uh, maybe guys upset with the, the way things went down at the deadline. What do you make of that? You know, I don't think as much. I, I would be surprised. I mean, I think everybody here understands, you know, what position the Jazz are in. So um, business is, is a part of the NBA that I think players do a good job of trying to stay out of. I think there was frustration because I think, you know, they did feel like there was some momentum built and there's going to be nights like last night where, um, you know, certain times the right hand won't know what the left hand's doing. I mean, that's not any part of the, you know, the coach's fault. I think it's obviously you've got Taylor Hendricks. So you want to get back into the, to the fray. You want to get Keontae progressing but with that, playing young guys, doesn't matter if it's the high school, college, or, or pro level, you play younger guys, and there are going to be more dramatic swings. Tim, what about the, you know, the idea of, 
you know, we were talking about the we were trying to compare what the playoff s- scenarios could look like for this year. And I just think that it's not healthy every day to be like, well, are they going to be good for the play? Are they going to be? Are they going to make a playoff push? Or is that just is that just me being a negative ninny here? And I just and, and the reality is is that this team could still be a playoff team. I know that the rebuild you can't have rebuild and then let's be a playoff team kind of in the same sentence and and, and both be true. Yeah, I mean it just depends on what type of rebuild you're doing. I think you know I think Danny's been pretty uh, transparent that you know he and Justin both that you know really the goal is not just to make the playoffs is to try to figure out a way to win, win a series. And, um, you know, I think they are, you know, ever evolving. And right now, I mean, as we stand there and, you know, just to shade out. So it really, it, you just never know when something maybe catches fire, but as it stands, the jazz are a game and a half out of a playing spot with, I think we have 28 games to go, um, which is so exciting for me, you know, that's, uh, I mean, 28 games, playoffs are here, best time, but also it means spring, and uh, I get out of this little, I feel like sometimes I'm a hamster on a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, my next question, you're the perfect person to answer it. You, you've you coached it at the college level, and you've been in a lot of locker rooms, and you've had to be in the meeting room with the head coach and make difficult decisions about rotations and lineups and evaluating where guys are at. How difficult is this now for Will Hardy as a head coach to try to have to juggle what the front office gives him as far as like where the direction they're going with personnel? He, he's obviously made some tough decisions about you know putting Keontae back in the starting lineup. I'm sure that doesn't sit well with Chris Dunn, but those are the decisions you have to make. Can you put yourself in his shoes because you've been there in those situations and explain to, to fans how, how difficult that is to manage all these situations? I think it'd be really hard. Um, you know, I, at the same time, I think um, he's he's very, very intertwined into what's going on and plans and thoughts. You know, I don't think the deadline necessarily took him by surprise. Um, you know, I think the worst kept secret out there was that Kelly was on the move um, just because it makes fiscal sense. You know, you're, you're, you're going to expire a guy or you can, you know, your last opportunity to try to get something. And between he and Ochai, a guy that they felt maybe, uh, not maybe, but they felt like was not a guy they felt like they wanted to move forward with. So you get a first round rounder back and it really just kind of is part of this game we're playing. Um, I think Will, it, it, so, so to answer your question in two parts, I think he's, it's got to be hard. And uh, I think the way that he deals with it, he doesn't try to tell any stories. Uh, I think he tries to be as upfront as any coach I've dealt with, um, you know, to try to kind of get in the inner workings and some of the things he thinks through. Um, But I also love his ability on the fly to kind of make some magic happen. I thought he did it last year. You know, I thought this year that, that little segment we had was just incredible. Uh, from where it started early in the year. So I do not, uh, I don't envy him, but at the same time, I think if you're going to have a guy doing it, he's probably the the best guy I've seen at managing both the basketball and the people side. JJ and I were having a discussion about, you know, the, the standings are one thing, and then there's the teams who are going to be the ones who are left standing at the end. Who's the best team in the West? And uh, after that, after you say Denver, 
Who is it? <laughs> uh, you know, it's crazy. I, uh, you know, I really do like the Nuggets. I, I do think the Nuggets are, they're not the same team. The beauty of their team last year, I mean, the, the power of their team, the core of their team is still there, but it's kind of those ancillary guys, you know, the Bruce Browns, uh, Jeff Green kind of evolved from the crypt and made a, a, a big impact on them. So I think they've lost a little bit there, but but I still don't, you know, question the ability of Murray and Porter and Gordon and Jokic. I think those four guys, the know-how and, and the expert knowledge. So I, I think until somebody knocks them off, I think they have to be the favorite. But the Clippers really have a ton of that as well. I mean, kind of the new kids on the block, I guess, or OKC. Um, in Minnesota, typically you've got to kind of cut your teeth. You know, you've got to get through a couple of rounds. Uh, but I think there's a ton of talent and toughness uh, in Oklahoma City and Minnesota. So I think it's just going to be a uh, going to be a fun. I, I guess we call it the second half, but I guess last quarter uh, of the season. And I think the the teams are definitely positioned. You know, within all four of those teams I mentioned are in a game and a half, a game within a game and a half of each other. After that, you know, I think it's just window dressing. Um, the Mavericks would be will be better with the moves they've made. PJ Washington and uh, Daniel Gafford, who I love, so I would imagine they may shoot up a little bit uh, right now because I think they got better. Uh, but I, if I'm you're holding me to it, I'm saying until proven otherwise, the Nuggets come out of the West. With the trade deadline moves, it presents an opportunity for Taylor Hendricks, and we're going to be focusing a lot on his performance development over the next couple of months. And you know how to scout. You're an expert, and you've done it for years. How do you scout Taylor Hendricks, and, and what have you seen so far in his expanded minutes? Obviously, the numbers aren't great, but you, you can watch and see things that maybe we don't. So I think there are, you know, there's a little context required here. I do the draft every summer uh, with the Jazz. So this last year it was Thurl and I and Alema. Um, you know, I've done it for the radio as well. And, and I really enjoy it because, you know, for about, I don't spend the time that, that Danny and the team does out there every night. But uh, I get my feel of guys during the season. And, but I really do a crash course when the season, the basketball season ends, kind of that six-week period I try to really focus. Um, and I, I came out of last year's prep with a name for the Jazz to take at nine, and it was Taylor Hendricks. So it was crazy that it all kind of transpired that way. But I think the things you have to kind of understand with Taylor are the innate things he has, like God-given things, are, are incredible. His size and his ability to move his feet um, you know, makes him just a great – a possibility of being a great defender in this league. But as you know, you know, it's not just skill. It's also know-how. And, um, and he is an 18-year-old kid or 19-year-old kid. There were about, I guess UCF's playing BYU tonight. So his mom was there at the game last night. There were probably eight to ten of his peers, what looked like his peers from uh, from high school, that were out here last night and see him play. And when I say these kids were kids, like they were kids. I, I mean, they had pimples. You know, uh, it was crazy. And, and it just put into context, we see this, you know, big, strong, 
um, guy who has a, a beautiful silky jumper, you know, when he's set and he's a, he might be, you know, one of the best weak side shot blockers for a young guy. I mean, it's crazy where he could, he and Walker out there patrolling things could be. So I see, the, I see the greatness right now, though, there's a lot of just nuance that he's got to work through. You know, he's got to understand how to wait for a screen. He's got to learn how to adequately, excuse me, adequately set one. You know, he's got to understand pristine spacing. Um, and all that stuff right now, the game's moving a million miles an hour. Um, so suffice it to say, I, I love the kid. I love his, uh, his God-given ability. And I believe because a year ago he wasn't even on the radar to be drafted. And after one college year, you know, everybody came knocking. So uh, he w- he's a fast learner and I think will acclim- acclimate quickly. But these minutes he's going to get, the Jazz cleared space and time, they're not going to be beautiful every night, but they're going to be so worthwhile. Tim, real quick here. The Lake Show coming to town tomorrow in a uh, Valentine's Day matchup between uh, LeBron the Lover Boy and uh, Will Hardy and his guys. Uh, so it's Hardy spelled with a T tomorrow night. So what's this game look like tomorrow? The Jazz, uh, obviously, hoping to steal maybe one or two of these next ones here since they are at home and since they get the Warriors a second time on Thursday. So uh, what does this matchup look like tomorrow, though, with the Lakers? I, I believe that, you know, every game that these guys get together, and even though last night at times was was disastrous, um, I think that that last night was, and those reps will be beneficial. Uh, whether they'll be whipped up into a frenzy enough to, you know, battle the Lakers who are now 28-26, they sit ninth. Um, they, they're six and four in their last ten and it really is a question, you know, LeBron, does he play in Utah prior to the All-Star break? That'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, all that get being said, I think they can win, but the way they have to do it is together. And some of the frustration that maybe some of the vets allowed themselves to kind of show last night for the sake of where this team's got to go, I mean, I, I think that's got to be a part they, you know, they look at that and say, you know, we've got to give this every chance to succeed. We've got to give these guys our best. And I think as the team's locked in, I think they could, they can, they definitely can win tomorrow. The coach Tim Lacombe every Tuesday right here with us on our program, but all week long on all of the programs across the KSL Sports Zone. He is Tim Lacombe, pre half and post on the Jazz Radio Network, and just an all around maybe one of the better dudes you'll ever meet. So, uh, Tim, we'll uh, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, we've met before, right? You know who I am. <laughs> Listen, don't try to dog yourself. Don't try. Okay, to, I'm just checking. Don't try to dog yourself. Don't let the don't let the rocker uh, uh, lifestyle and uh, you know. Did you call him Jim Lacombe earlier? <laughs> it's James Lacombe. Wait, I didn't call him Jim Lacombe. Come on. Hey, hey, one last thing. I think BYU absolutely rolls tonight. Oh, there you, you know what? I didn't want to jinx him. But they got a couple games this week. Well, I'm not jinxing them either. It's just going to happen. I think will Taylor Hendricks beat the game? Yeah, he'll his brother plays. So yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's right. He'll be there. He'll be in him. the house. Some uh, some jazz faithful in there. Tim, we appreciate it, man, and uh, we just love having you on the program. You're the best. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. There you go, Tim Lacombe. Spherion.com/slash/Utah. We will come back. More to go around the corner. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. 
All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, JJ and Alex, every day right here with you, 3 2 7. If you miss any portion of the show, how dare you? And also, you can get it. Go check out the podcast tab on the KSLSports.com website. You've also got the ability to use your search function, JJ and Alex. It's not J-A-Y-J-A-Y, like your own rapper name. What's up? This is JJ. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> couldn't pull that off. <laughs> don't don't look up JJ. It's just the letters JJ and Alex. You need to add a big giant chain and some sunglasses to the uh, I photo told on you, the website. I told you. I, I'm kind of converting. As soon as those Dunking... Uh, <laughs> you've been inspired as soon as the dunkin donuts dunking uh track suits are available again online i'm there you're all over i'm that. on the waiting list so that'll, there you go. that'll fit you well <laughs> look i'll buy a 3xl have it bag off of me a little bit my, that's the thing nowadays my kid yep. is like five seven and 130 pounds and he wears xl and double xl stuff <laughs> he wears pants that are 40s he looks like Kid and play. What happened? No, to not kid jeans. No, no. Oh, crisscross. Remember crisscross? Oh yeah. That's what kids are dressing like jump, these days. Jump, Yeah. That's what kids are dressing like these days. That's what I've been told at least, and that's what my kids trying to do. Uh, but he bought a retro uh, Dennis Rodman shirt the other day. Oh, my son has Dennis Rodman, Mike Tyson, uh, Michael Jordan slam okay, magazine. But, but see, all my, the old stuff from the eighties and nineties. Think about is it. Is back. You wouldn't hang out at Savers and Di when you're a kid. My kid and his friends are thrifting they're becoming the macklemores of my so uh, it's cool again it's cool to thrift but you got to wash them because they smell funny according of to course him. so there you go uh let me see here the 49ers are pushing back saying no we did not not know the overtime rules we're fine uh <laughs> that was not that wasn't the us 49ers information minister had to step in and correct the well, uh and the, and the chiefs by the way if you just watch you get the idea that these guys did not know look the uh, what was going on Nicole in the Cole Hardman who caught the game winning pass in the Super Bowl clearly did not understand the yeah, rules because his reaction to winning the game was about 10 seconds too late until his teammates tackled him he even admitted it he didn't really understand that that was what happened in that moment yeah Every, it was new to everybody it's okay no shame in that no it's all, it's all good um and I was just and by the way, the Chiefs don't stop jumping on the 49ers about this. The Chiefs definitely also didn't no. I mean you're all like you were saying, Miko Hardman, I don't care who it was. Everybody on the field kind of walked around for like a half a second before. Guess who knew? You know who the number one person who knew the overtime rules was? The confetti guy. The confetti guy. <laughs> brrr, he like, was ready to go. He was like, if they Can scored, you imagine <laughs> if he, he would have hit it or, or if he hit it early? Yeah. What if he hit it early and it was still going to like on the, the 49ers next, field goal? <laughs> and the gold and the red and the white comes out instead of that bright yellow. Everyone's like, "What the heck is going on?" And they have to on? take twenty minutes to clean oh, it off. Oh, we have a we have a Super Bowl delay in and overtime, then they, and then they end up losing. We've got to clean the confetti off the field so and we the can continue the and game. And they clean off the 49ers confetti, and then they hit the button on the Chiefs oh, confetti when it happens. So many crazy things could have happened in that scenario. You know what? I'm actually sad that didn't happen. <laughs> no. actually, I wish it would happen. Uh, we've got early odds though. Hey, JJ, Good. it's a way too early list. You I ready love for this? way too early. High or shortest odds on the Super Bowl, courtesy of uh, one of the sports books, I'm sure. San Francisco 49ers. Does that shock you? It's not the Chiefs, huh? 
Yeah, it kind of does. Why would the Chiefs not be the team to beat next year? I don't know. I mean, the game did go to overtime, and it could have gone either way. But You know what this is? Gosh dang it. You're going to get Patrick Mahomes going, don't ever call us the oh, underdogs. See, well, the Chiefs are already underdogs. <laughs> no one believed in us. Uh, Vegas didn't even believe in from us. From the beginning, they disrespected us. All right, so you got. How about the Lions, plus 1,200? Good for them. I mean, they've got the fifth shortest odds. So you're basically seeing all the teams. Boy, we just keep throwing the Bills into that conversation, don't we? Yeah. Would you right now put the Bills ahead of the Bengals when it comes to being best odds? Until I know Joe Burrow's healthy, yes. Okay. I see. That's my question. He got he was a mess last year. How healthy is he going to be in 2024? If so, the Bengals could make another run at it. But Joe Burrow has to be healthy. Ravens, so it goes Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. So you've got three out of the top four are uh, our AFC teams. The Lions in the fifth spot there. They're tied with the Bengals for 1,200. Then it goes Dolphins, Eagles, speaking of teams who took the biggest tumbles, yeah. right? Until you figure out what their offensive situation is going to be, you got to prove it. The Dolphins, Eagles, like I said, Packers, Cowboys falling all the so Eagles Packers Cowboys all the shortest odds or all the odds kind of right next to each other. The Cowboys are just ahead of the Houston Texans. Wow, I think the Texans might be better next year. Okay. You know what's really interesting though, if you keep reading along, <laughs> the two teams after that, the New York Jets, why that is way overrated, and the Los Angeles Chargers, the Harbaugh effect. By the way, Vegas is big on the injuries, whether or not they're yes people are. So why on earth is Aaron Rodgers? I and have the Jets? no why idea. If he was healthy right now today, do you think they would be even further up this thing? There's no way, right? No. If he if he was healthy last year, and they and I don't think they would have been any better. No, their offensive line is terrible. That they no, I I bet they go ten and seven. Don't put your money on that. Don't waste your time. Okay. A lot of a lot of Jets fans might, and maybe that's what Vegas is doing there. The Rams should be a lot higher. The Rams have lower odds than the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The Falcons. I think the Rams proved it this year. They got it going on. The Bears have higher odds than the Rams. Wow. All right. Lowest odds. Let me go from the – let's go bottom. Let's just go bottom five. Bottom, yep. The Patriots and the Raiders and the Broncos (laughs) all plus 10,000. Those are your uh, three of the bottom low five. And then you go Titans and dead last again, the Carolina Panthers. How about your Broncos – uh, being pretty far down the dead gum list cra- there. The third to the last? Wow. You don't have quarterback. I think they're though. assuming that Russell Wilson will be gone and uh, uh, Stidham will be their starting quarterback. And, yes, they might be a disaster. But I will say this. Of those five teams at the very bottom, who's most likely to make the playoffs? I think it's my Broncos. Why would you ever say that? Who because can- the other four teams stink. <laughs> Raiders, Titans, Panthers, Patriots. Patriots have no quarterback. No, nope. fine. Uh Massive love to the Texans, though, right off the bat. That might be one. I that think that's I really it's dead on. I think the Texans could be the next the next oh, year's Lions. Good for you. And they were they won a playoff game this year. How much better are they going to be next year? Yeah, I think the Texans are a team to watch next year, as are the Green Bay Packers. They got Los, a lot of money available under the cap. Los Packers. Uh, okay, so those are your, those are your odds so far here. What local players are earning combine uh, invites? This is of course a big one for us here because uh, the locals in the NFL may get to be a longer list. Tell me uh, of these names if you recognize anybody, all right? The Cougars who are going to Indi- to Indianapolis. Go to KSLSports.com, by the way. You can uh, read uh, Chandler Holt's article about this. Chandler does a phenomenal job with the NFL stuff across er- and everything else. Uh, the Cougars headed to Indy. 
Ryan Rico. There you go. Punter. Punter. One of two punters. Him and the Iowa punter. That's it. Oh, really? The only two punters are going to the combine. These guys have big legs, man. Uh, Kingsley Sumataya. And then Keaton Slovis. I was surprised by that, Very but surprised. I'm happy for Keaton. But I was surprised by that. Okay, I'll I'll leave it at that because these guys have to go and they they have to go against the stopwatch at the combine. Um, let me ask you if anybody should have been on that invite list from BYU. Eddie yeah. Heckard should have been at the combine. Okay, and I think Eddie Heckard's going to be on an NFL roster next year, whether he's drafted or not. All right, calling it right here. Isaac Rex also a surprise uh, omission um, from the uh, from the list. Okay. No shocker here that the Utes have uh, a plethora of people going. Devon Vele, Satoa Ma- uh, Laumea, Cole Bishop. T- stop me if any of these are uh, ones that should not be there. Sione Vaki, Keaton Bills, and Jonah Ellis. No, all six of their NFL totally. prospects belong there. Some of those guys left early for school, from for uh, left early to go. I think almost all of them, actually. Probably based on the fact all, that they knew. All of them had eligibility right. left and decided to leave. And they're leaving for a reason, because they're ready for the NFL. I think the Utes are going to have six guys drafted uh, in next year's draft. But the highest rated guy is obviously Kingsley Suamata'ia. And he's coming off a great senior bowl. And I think that he's going to really shine at the combine, because that's his showcase, where his athleticism... And his 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 ability yeah. in that realm He'll is really people. gonna shine. Uh who was it last year uh for BYU? I can see his face. Uh Harriman. Well, offensive lineman. Yeah, Freeman. Uh, um Blake Freeland. 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 <laughs> Come on. Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland. Yes. Now he wasn't on the list of people that were going to be possible first round draft picks. But then he goes to the combine, breaks every conceivable like offensive line record. Freak athlete. He basically put himself up two rounds yep. in the draft. Based off of just his combine. Kingsley has athletic freakisms, right? Freak athleticism. Just like Blake Freeland, Kingsley is a guy that's going to shine at the combine. Or jump off the shoes. To that level, I don't know. I mean, but, Blake Freeland was an all-timer. Like, right. his vertical for that size is unbelievable, but the, he's going to do really well right. to combine. I think the combined, like, idea of Kingsley already being a high, high, high prospect, plus the numbers that he's going to do there, he's only going to help himself, and he'll actually probably end up – I mean, again, this is a guy who uh, has, according to all the scouts, he, I mean, the reality was he didn't get the coaching he should have gotten at BYU. Right. And that's why they had he to didn't, the He didn't meet expectations last year because the expectations were so high. With it, with the proper NFL coaching and the right opportunity, with his athleticism in the right situation, right organization, he should thrive. Troikman's getting killed over a tweet that he sent. Uh, or that he, Yeah, these are the uh, old takes exposed, right? These are the cold takes. Pa- somebody tweeted out, Patrick Mahomes had obviously, early on in his career, had thrown, uh, I think it was 80% of the yards that, that Troikman had thrown uh, in, like, basically a third of the games. Yeah. Right? And then Troikman, I don't know if you know this about NFL quarterbacks or former NFL quarterbacks, might be might be a worse group in terms of don't poo-poo my time. The egos are large. And Troikman goes, yeah, uh, I have, like, three times – or I have – at that point – Mahomes had one uh, Super Bowl, and and then Troy was like, "Hey, call me when you got three. Yeah, well, <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, no one is asking whether or not Troy Aikman or or Patrick Mahomes are better. But I will say this: Troy Aikman accomplished something that is an insane task. Three touch, three Super Bowls for a quarterback. Yeah, you don't need to have a pissing match with uh, 
a 28-year-old, uh, or at least, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't the one having the fight with Troy Eggman. Right, right. But right. Troy Eggman is having the fight with Twitter. So <laughs> that's the part where you go, settle down, dude. So Well, uh, that's the thing is Troy Aikman won three Super Bowls, which is amazing. And Patrick Mahomes has already achieved that and was the MVP in all three of them. Patrick Mahomes is already a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he hasn't even hit 30 yet. What's he going to accomplish over the yeah. next 10 years? It's phenomenal. Let's take a break. We'll come back. we got more around the corner. Our best and worst coming up, a former BYU linebacker who's now in the league getting a, a new endorsement that, frankly, should have happened years ago. I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll come back and talk about that, plus how the Phoenix Open somehow is now on uh, on the poop list. <laughs> so we'll talk about it next. Stay right here, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. All right, welcome back. 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us today. Congrats to all of our winners on a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Uh, I don't know when the next one of these is going to be. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> Oh wait! Now yeah. that'll be post. Uh, that'll be post All Star game then, right? At that point, yeah, it would be. But we're still going to give away. That's our commitment. It would be the week after the week after the because there's no games next Tuesday. Right, but we still yes. give away tickets for future games. Okay, on those days, so there we'll we still give away tickets next Tuesday, even though the NBA is taking the day off. We're not. No. All right. So no days off here. No days JJ off. JJ Knox, <laughs> especially for JJ. All right. Uh, Let's get in here. Some of the best and the worst. Now, this seems like a a marriage that should have happened years ago. In fact, I will say this: my kids already called the this product this person. Browns linebacker, former BYU standout Sione Takitaki, has announced a partnership with drumroll please, Takis Chips, which my kids <laughs> love. By the way, my kids do too. I have a, my ten year old daughter Lila has to have them every day. The f- the fluorescent color that yep. they bring is not appreciated for somebody who throws clothes in the wash quite often. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? That what is I'm, a stain that does not come out. I'm all, I'm like looking at them. I'm like, they have blue ones. What are you, do, what are you eating? What are you kids eating? These kids can't. This Don't kid, ask questions, Alex. Is, Don't ask questions. <laughs> they taste great. Yes. Leave it at that. My kids call them the Taki Takis, though. That's cool. So there's a reason for that. So I love seeing Sione Takitaki, who, by the way, aside from getting some uh, love on the endorsement side of things, this is a guy who has, well, one, he was picked up in the third round. I mean, he was not an unknown guy. Right. He was a phenomenal athlete. But he's carved out a place on that Browns defense that is really good. It's one of the best defenses in the league. So I think that that's one of those situations where, you know, you look at it and a guy's succeeding and then he's getting some extra dough for the uh, the chips endorsement. I think that's awesome. Uh, do you dip into the Phoenix Open and like it? Uh, I don't know. It's it's during Super Bowl week, so I was like, eh. But don't be surprised that uh, people got wasted at the Waste Management Open. <laughs> and by the way, the, the the one on the tour that everybody looks at and goes, hey, everybody behaves differently at this place. Why is that? Uh, look, the PGA Tour doesn't love the... You know the old the old guard obviously hates this kind of stuff. You couldn't get the people from St. Andrews. You don't want to host the people from St. Andrews or Royal Troon this weekend <laughs> when they come to the states. Is right? this the Happy Gilmore Open? A <laughs> hundred, a 
thousand percent. They've turned it into that. And so now, I mean, you saw the footage. There's guys sliding down the hill with no shirts on. This is the happy Gilmore Open. And shooters had enough. And you, <laughs> you people. Uh, yeah, the, the reality is is that the uh, the PGA Tour leadership and the actual Waste Management Open folks, because they answer to the PGA Tour, yeah. are not real happy with how things went. I know it's a shocker that people keep getting more and more drunk and the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger, which is a good problem to have, except for the fact that they were not able to accommodate the overcrowding. The alcohol sales stopped at some point. I don't know. It was like, hey, when they when the when the first group hits the fifteenth hole, we're stopping alcohol sales. But in the end, there were golfers yelling at spectators and vice versa. Uh, there was overcrowding, like I said. It actually turned into a bit of a mess. So I don't know. Uh, but I will say they're doing the same thing where they're building out stands for the Black Desert Championship that's going to be happening down at the PGA right. event that they're going to have down in uh, in in St. George. Part of it is because it's not a it's not really a walkable course like a like a traditional place. You know, there's a lot of distance between some of these holes. Yeah. But they're going to have big big like s- spectator areas that's awesome. built, kind of in the idea of we're going to make this a fun event. But I would just encourage you not to make it this fun. Yeah, when the players are getting in arguments with fans, belligerent, drunk fans, it's probably time to tone it down a little bit. All right. Hey, is that it? Yeah, that's it for this hour. All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Don't want to miss it. Stay right here. Download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can also go to the KSL Sports page and click on podcasts and find JJ and Alex right there. We'll be back. More to go. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, JJ. Can you just let me have this, please? All right, take it. Go. Just, no, I, I'm just nobody. Saying, nobody cares. But go ahead. No, I'm saying, I brought this up and I had a big old smile on my face. I was all excited, and then you roll in. Well, no one cares anyway. Listen, Big Twelve Media Day. Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> Viva oh, Travis. He didn't even say Las Vegas. He goes, La Vega! Uh, that was Travis Kelsey singing terribly. He wasn't even drunk, I don't think. Was there something in the Gatorade bucket? Either way. He's Is that going, why it was purple? <laughs> he's he's going to Could've be been. he's going to be jamming out in Vegas, uh, of course, for the Super Bowl this year. We're going to be jamming out like him. Because in the heat. The media day, of Big 12 media day. in Vegas. Listen, here comes the negativity already. Jeremiah, we already knew Big 12 media day was going to be in Las Vegas. We were holding out for the sphere. That is not going to be the case, no. but it's been announced that for this year and for next year, 24 and 25, Big 12 media day is going to be held in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. So there you go. We're going to be at Allegiant Stadium. That's not a bad, that's not a bad venue. Indoors. If you're complaining about whether or not the AC is going to be on, it's going to be uh, well, Mark Davis is going to be there. Outside at some point, right? I know Mark Davis is going to be there, hitting the old uh, AC button down to 
68 degrees. He's going to let it go. I know. So he's actually like, money. I don't want to pay. I'm not paying AC the electric in July. Bill I don't have any games going on. I'll let these guys. So I've already started to look at boil. some round trip tickets. Already? Right? To Vegas? Yeah. Can't be too expensive. No, 211 on Delta. There you go. Or for you and I on Frontier. We'll, we'll drive the KSL sports truck to Vegas. $81 on $81. Frontier. <laughs> no baggage. But you have to sit on each other's laps. That's the that's what they say it has to be to be able to get there for $84. So there that's you go. A new definition of flying the friendly skies. Mm, it's nonstop, though. <laughs> The flying, good news is for everyone listening the friendly right now skies. is July 9th and 10th means college football content. Yes, which is just well, five months away. You claimed that no one but us cares about. They don't. Big 12 Media Day. That's not true. Are you kidding? The the listeners, the the, the college football fans are wandering in the desert of zero information between the end of spring and. The end of the that last transfer portal closing, spring games that don't mean anything, and camp. And at that point, it'll be two months of someone going, just give me something. Give me something, JJ. What do you have? And even though the only thing you can offer them is a cup of salty water, it's not great for them, but it's still something, at least in the moment. I'm just glad the Texas Longhorn media, <laughs> are all be 700 there. of them, uh, are going to be uh, wherever they hold no, SEC media days. They're not Atlanta. even the worst. It's actually Oklahoma, the Sooners. All right. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow for another uh, edition of JJ and Alex. So for JJ and Alex, we'll see you next time, everybody.